I have to battle a girl. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. That was the last copy I slapped. Oh, shit, yes. That sounds really good. So good. The tongue is drunk. The truth it can be a drug. What? What? Bings! I'm a supporter of human beings! That's right, we fully support human beings and animal beings. Just about any bing. All the bings. Hey, it's Tuesday. I love Tuesdays. Tuesday night, feeling alright. Can't let them get me down. It is August 9th, 2022. You listen to Bowl After Bowl, episode 181. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm DeLorean. Oh, yes. And we're hanging out with you, the bowlers. Yeah, you're back in the bowl with us. Live on the Bowl After Bowl stream, stream.bowlafterbowl.com. Or if you want the direct raw MP3 link, bowlafterbowl.stream. A little shorthand, if you don't care about my fabulous UI. Many don't. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Also live on the No Agenda stream. What's up, No Agenda Nation? Hello. Yes. Love you, love you good people. The bowl is lit. Bowl is lit on that live item tag, which uh, so far, still uh, just rocking in the old CurioCaster and, uh, of course, over there in Podverse. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's a Tuesday night. Man, I feel like we just did so much stuff since yeah. we last talked to you bowlers. And it feels like it's been a long time because uh, we haven't, we knew a bowls with buds and uh, just been running around. Yeah. Running around, man. I had a, a goodbye party. Oh, for how was that? Friend at work. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was at a bowling alley, wasn't it? It was at a bowling alley. I drank like three days in a row and I haven't drank for ages. I just don't drink these days. It just doesn't happen. It's not like a thing that regularly occurs unless, you know. Somebody's in town or something like specials happening, but we had the Bitcoin meetup and I had like five tequilas there. Nice. I had the bowling going away party. I had like four IPAs there. Just shots of tequila or margaritas? Shots of tequila. No, no, margaritas. There's a bunch of sugar and bullcrapping. Yeah. 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 For the bowlers that don't know, I stopped doing all the bread and sugar completely. Just doing like the protein fat thing and doing that for like over a month. Yeah. Sticking to it. Yeah, we do. I tried it for a month because I just, like, I hit that oh shit number. Everybody's got an oh shit number, and it's like, uh, it's kind of like bowling. You, you're always playing that game against yourself, right? Like, it's not like my oh shit number is somebody else's, but I was at the scale, and, you know, in high school I never weighed out, out of, like, buck sixty or something, I think. And then I was 170 just forever. That was kind of like my 20s stable weight, 170 just like what I weighed at all times, no matter what I did or said or ate or whatever. And at the chiropractor, like beginning of July, I was like holding the boy standing on the scale and I was like, oh my God. And so then I (laughs) set the boy down and then I still weighed 206, which I never weighed over 200 ever. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, and I got this kind of dad belly going. Like it wasn't in my arms, wasn't in my legs, wasn't nowhere else. Maybe a little ass. I don't know. But like maybe my face was starting to show it, but my belly, it was like almost all of it was just in this fucking belly thing. Yeah. This belly thing that was going on. So I was like, you know, it's just going to keep going. Like, I'm not that, I'm not old, I'm not fat, but this is going to keep going, right? This is going to keep going. I got to change something. I got to do something. I got to try something. And uh, I just want to get back under here like 200 pounds, man. You know, for a guy, you know, if you're not six foot, you don't need to be over 200 pounds. Um, so I just, I, I just worked at it. Just said, you know what? Maybe this, maybe this carb thing, this bread and sugar shit. Because I also was going up to dad's every weekend and eating like a little child. Yes. With ice cream and cookies and all this Marshmallow mateys for breakfast. Like, like if, if it was up to me, I wouldn't eat ice cream and cookies, you know? Unless I'm at like a birthday party or somewhere where it's like, makes sense. It's not just like my every weekend thing to eat ice cream and cookies on every weekend. But... When your dad hands you a big-ass bowl of ice cream and cookies, what are you going to say? Like, put the shit back? Like, you're going to eat it, you know? It's not like it's nasty. It's, it's tasty, ice cream and cookies. But you just can't, like, you can't just do that every week, week after week. So so I cut that all out. I lost, like, I don't know, 16, 17 pounds. Yeah, you're there. under the oh shit weight now, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to try it for a month. But I've, you've been... Doing so much better all around. I just feel better. Yeah. I feel better in general. Like, I have more energy in general. And when I eat, I don't feel like shit afterwards. Like, I don't have that crash. Like, I don't. Or- and I think it's because my uh, glucose levels are more stable. They're, like, more level. You know, I don't have this, like, giant shoot up and then fall down. Uh, they're just, like, more flat. I don't really know that. I know it's like trendy to wear these glucose monitors and all this bullshit. <laughs> I just assume that this is the case just based upon, you know, science and how your body works and how what I know what's going in there and stuff. Yeah, man, and I used to do the Red Bulls all the time and all like that. I knew that wasn't sustainable while I was doing it. But you just get in there and you get in these habits and you get, like, hooked, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's all a little addiction shit, so... Anyway, so yeah, no, they were tequila shots. I didn't get fucking margaritas because it's like a big glass of sugar pounding, you know. Um, but then, yeah, bowling going away party. Bowling going Drinking, away party. Uh, IPAs, you said? IPAs, yeah. They did not sit well with my stomach. Mm-mm. Yeah. I ended up yakking those up. It wasn't like I was hammered. It was just like I get a certain point of acidity in my stomach to where there's no coming back. And then it's just like it's coming up. It's coming up the other way. Yeah, that was no good, but... pH all over the place. At least it, you made it home <laughs> before oh, you got sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't I was in the pulling alley bathroom heroin or anything. Yeah. No, no, it was just like when you like settle down at night and lay down for bed. Mm-hmm. And your stomach still wants to like churn that through. My stomach says, no, no, that's all that's getting through. Everything else has to go out the way it came. Get out, out, out. It's like pushing drunks out the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Only pushing the contents of my stomach out. No good. But hell, aside from that, you know, doing fantastic. Yeah, well, you said you drank three days, and that's because Saturday we went to a winery, too. <laughs> yeah, my, our dad took, my dad took us out to this winery. He's yeah. just like, I want to do something special. And then he had steaks. Oh, yeah. So we're at the winery. We had, like, two bottles of wine. And uh, then he's like, what should we pair with steak? 
to the lady and she like is nice and says, you know, these dry reds, like how about I just bring four out and you can taste them and make a decision. And so that was pretty cool because we got to taste the four driest wines on the red list that is kind of the area that I would have gone just to order in general. And uh, we all tasted all four of them. And my dad said, let's do a secret ballot and just write the one that you think is best down. And we'll all vote, you know, to see what see what we see. And we all picked the same one. Yeah, it was wild. It was the bottom of the list one. The driest. The driest. Somebody's revenge. Whose revenge was it? Luther, right? Luther's yeah, revenge. Luther's revenge. That was it. A noire, yeah. whatever that means. Noire. That's the t- the varietal of grape. Yeah, it was like peppery, a little minty. And noir. I don't know how to say it. Raspberryish. It was like good. A, a wine snob, but uh, God, it was it was it had some complexity to it, man. It did pair perfectly with the steak. Started like sharp and like bell peppery, and then it like bloomed out into this berry mess it was so good it's like a raspberry finish on the back end so nice and it really did yeah it went with the steak well which you had me cook yes <laughs> you encouraged me to and then i was like hey you want me to you know exactly on? how i like my steak pink in the middle still bleeding yeah still bleeding early but mine was like almost mine was rarer than i usually cook it but he got him cut like an inch and a half thick. They were just massive. They were still Casey strips. So usually, like, you get a thick ribeye cut like that. But these were Casey strips, just, like, cut thicker than... That was crazy. Yeah, that was a taste. That was a very tasty dinner. Yeah. And all kind of cool for what I've been eating, too. Yeah. And then Sunday, we got an inside sneak peek of the aquarium that the Kansas City Zoo is building, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Yeah, that was really nice to be able to walk through it because we've been watching them build it for the past year, you know, and watching the foundation steadily rise and things go into place. But then uh, all the members, you could reserve a time and just kind of like walk through the un like the the, the half built st- aquarium. Yeah, they're still <laughs> under construction. They had like poster boards cut out for what each exhibit's going to be. They have a shitload of exhibits. Yeah, big Shark Tank room and. Um, some parts where there's like a bubble ceiling where they're all swimming around your head. And then another part where there's like a bubble window where you can kind of walk inside and be kind of surrounded by. And a lot of touch tanks. Fish. Two different touch tanks um, going in to, to complement the one they already have. So they have like yeah Stingray Bay right now, which has stingrays obviously. But they also had a tiger shark in there yeah. when we were there Sunday. Yeah, and then they're going to they're gonna have a jellyfish touch tank. And then they're going to have some like horseshoe crabs and I can't remember the other stuff. Some other stuff that you can just. Starfish maybe. Doink on the head <laughs> with your finger either. while they swim by. But touch tanks are cool though. They're they're fun. Yeah. First time I touched a jellyfish was at the Baltimore Aquarium. There you go. Moon jelly. I was like, you can touch these? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild, man. I always wonder like how, how many times did like. They have to worry about kids, like, just grabbing something. I know. Even with the stingrays, you know, they're, like, they do the same talk over and over and people walk in, two fingers down the middle, don't touch the fins or the tail. And it's, like, you just see a kid grabbing it. Look what I did. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen anything or let my kids do anything ignorant like that. But you always wonder, like, surely. Yeah, all you have to do is look around at the uh, other kids. 
There's got to be a Harambe kid somewhere out there, right? Who just does it dumb. Surely. Oh, wow. But that'll be great. That'll be awesome to have that uh, enormous aquarium as just part of the part of the zoo. It's just going to be, you know, one of the exhibits. It's not going to be like a separate or extra thing or anything. It's going to be another place to be able to visit while you're there. Looking pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. Yeah, and we're right down the street, which is nice. Yeah, we were just we were just minutes away there. I also wrapped up uh, my first daytime solo teach all week last week. Oh wow, nice! Which went great. Got good feedback. Uh, in Chicken World, we had one lay a soft egg. Yes, which was super weird. First soft egg, so soft. Your when you picked it up, your fingers left an indent. Yeah, basically what happens is the shell is underdeveloped, and so it's just almost as though the uh, egg is just surrounded by the membrane itself, and then the membrane kind of has a rough <laughs> outside, but not like a not like a thick shell outside. And yeah, like I picked it up, and I had like thumb indents in it, so we just ate it right away. I guess like inside the egg is still the same, still fine. It just doesn't last yeah. nearly as long for yeah. obvious reasons. So we just ate it same day today. Was that today? No, no way. I think that'd be yesterday. Yesterday. Maybe it was today. Shit, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, they're all, all the bleeding together. Blur. Just the day just blurred together. I think yeah. you're right. Maybe it was today. But we uh, we did get, you know, we put some of the ground up oyster shells and stuff in there yes. today. So the and chickens are getting their calcium. Part of it is like when we move the young ones in there, the young ones are eating the feed, gr- like the uh, grower feed, which doesn't have as much calcium in it. And then the older ones just want to eat everything and be the boss of shit. So they're like eating that food too. Just yeah. to like, just to flex nuts, which is ridiculous. But that's how chickens are, you know. Yep. Chickens, man. Have to flex nuts. Just how it goes. Yeah. Just how it goes. You know how it goes. Just like the show, it just goes. It goes. And that's because this is a value for value production. Indeed it is. We put on the show every week, right around nine-ish central. Uh, and we also bring to you Bulls with Buds episodes when we can get them in, when we can schedule them. Uh, in fact, some of the more studious of you may have noticed, one scheduled in the feed for this Thursday. We're going to be joined by Carolyn Fletcher of the Hog Story Fletcher's. And uh, it's going to be a grand time in the bowl. We're going to have a Bulls with Buds, Carolyn Blaney, John Fletcher, just like the original one. Yeah. We get back to the uh, the bowl of Bulls with Buds that launched Bulls with Buds. That's right. Which, uh, by the way, I heard on the stream the other night, because now the stream just plays random uh, old Bulls with Buds, just shuffled in random order. And that one was playing, and it was... Uh, it was like right before New Year's in 2020, so it just feels like uh, it's wild. It doesn't feel like that long ago, you know? No, but two years. It's wild. It's wild. So yeah, that'll be going on. You can join us. We're going to split the difference. So it's going to be a Thursday show. Uh, since they're no longer doing the Thursday hog story, I figured let's bring them back on a Thursday and we'll just all get together, do a bowls with buds. And we're going to do 8 Central, which is kind of splitting the difference between our normal time and their normal time. Usually do seven, we usually do nine. So eight central. That'll be that. Uh, but yeah, value for value, man. We just ask that in turn, uh, in return for the show, you think about how much value you're getting out of this. You know, what is it bringing to you each week? And you return that. There's so many different ways to do it. Um, there's so many people 
I've been reading different things. In fact, somebody shared an article that we can discuss a little bit later about why value for value won't work. And uh, the guy just didn't understand what what the pitch was. And so I kind of thought about it for a long time because lots of people don't understand and you try to talk about it. In fact, the last podcasting 2.0, it came up as a topic. Um, it's one of the hardest things for people that are uninitiated, for people that are outside of, like, say, the no agenda sphere, where it all started. Um, how do they wrap their minds around it? What is this value for value shit? What is this donation shit? Why do you have to beg for donations? Uh, the, beg. The, gr- the great beauty of it is you don't have to beg. Exactly, yeah. It's no strings attached freedom. Now, what we do have to do regularly, in fact, every show we talk about it, is we have to tell the people what it's all about. We have to educate people because it's not well known. And for those that know it, it's not well understood, I think. Um, There's a core who totally get it, and that core keeps us going, and that core sustains all of the value for value shows out there. And it's a really great model uh, for sustainability and freedom kind of the perfect crux where they come together sustainability and freedom and it allows us to not have to do anything we don't want to do whether it's ad reads whether it's uh some creepy advertiser whether it's going to some meeting where somebody's like you know you talked about this britney grinder thing and we don't really like the direction you're taking on it and you seem to be insinuating some things that we don't appreciate why do you call her Gritney? All of this shit, right? Like, we can just do it. And uh, it's us. It's us and you, the bowlers. We run the show. We direct the show uh, together as like a little weird community here. That's the whole beauty of it. There's a lot of ways to give back. The simplest one's passing the bowl. Yeah, that's right. If you like what you hear, you probably know someone else who will like it too. So pass them the bowl. You'll notice as the show goes on. Content comes directly from the bowlers, whether it be stories that are shared, whether it be um, voicemails that are sent. Yeah, comments in the chat. The chat room is a very valuable place to be. The chat room is hopping and happening, and you can meet real live people in there trolling along and uh, smoking bowls. You can go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on Listen Live to get to that chat room, even if you're not... uh, an IRC nerd, you can just get a little Kiwi link and log in on a web interface and start chatting away. It's fantastic. Yeah. And if you hear something that would make a great cold open or that you need for your podcast or whatever, type ISO into the chat, ISO, and it'll timestamp the moment the funny thing was said or whatever. Maybe it's not funny, but you want it. That's right. It's awesome. It's so valuable to have bowlers do that. It is. It's very cool. And then you can be a part of literally producing the show. That's why the bowlers are producers. That's why That's Value right. for Value works, because we can crowdsource a volunteer army of people who volunteer their time, talent, and treasure. They give it willingly. They give it freely. They're not doing it because of force. They're not doing it because of coercion. They're not doing it because they have to, because the bonus episodes are behind some kind of a paywall. They're doing it because they get value from the show, and they want to return that value in some way. It's as simple as that. It's as pure as that. And we can all be adults together here in this voluntary value proposition. Of course, you can give value back in the form of treasure, and there's a PayPal button at the bottom of the bowl after bowl.com on all the pages. And uh, 
that's a great way to make a sustaining donation, some recurring value sent back. And that's exactly what Dan Gehrig did. Dan Gehrig's uh, payment came in this morning. He's a $10 a month bowler there. Rolling 10 a month, so thank you, sir, very thank much. You. We appreciate that. Better known as Greg Daniels, right? Greg Daniels <laughs> uh, is, we might be a Fed, but he definitely does the uh, MMO.show, the Millennial Media Offensive uh, that we mentioned. We mentioned at the top of the hour because it's always on Tuesdays, just like us. That's right. Uh, he does that with John Dew every Tuesday. It's a fantastic show. You should check it out. And we appreciate him uh, coming in with that monthly dono. Yes, that, thank you. Those monthlies really help because uh, all of the different infrastructure is set up to auto bill from that account too. So if yours auto comes in, your value auto comes in, that could support the Linode that's running the uh, the uh, stream that you're listening to right now, the Bull After Bull dot stream. The stream will play other shows in the community. It plays MMO. It plays Behind the Schemes. It plays Hogster. It plays so much more uh, every week. We try to time it right so that those shows go live on our stream. And then when it's not tuning into somebody else's stream, our stream will play old Bowls with Buds episodes. So you can, uh, maybe if you got stoned and you missed it, you can go back and uh, hear some good old chats that we've had with all kinds of different guests over the last couple of years. Uh, we do want to thank people who came in with Boostagrams too. This is the newest, uh, most interactive way that you can send value directly uh, I also want to shout out, by the way, people that stream sats per minute in some of these apps. Uh, the way to participate is you take off all your clothes and you go to nudepodcastapps.com. And you can get yourself a modern podcast app that can stream us little pieces of Bitcoin, Satoshis, over the Lightning Network with uh, nearly no fees and an instant settlement. We can do it decentralized. So if you run your own node, you'll notice... Boost CLI. There's a number of bowlers out there love Boost CLI. And uh, you can shoot those sats straight from your node to our face, which is another really great way to do it. So we want to catch up and thank everybody uh, who has boosted us, uh, starting here with Addison. All right. Thank you, is, sir. Uh, of Ebels. We talked a little bit about Ebels. He sent us a, a lovely care package in the mail. 3333, he's using the Fountain app. Woo! And he says boost from FEMA Region 7. He's over there on the other side of the best state in the Union. Uh, so I think I got a Missouri smash for you, sir. Missouri smash! And I didn't mention this tonight, but links for all the producers' sites and shows will be in the show notes right on their name. That's right. Yes, if you look at our uh, producers list... Uh, relevant links are included. And if you see your name and you're like, why didn't you link me to something? Uh, you can always send us a message. Show at bullafterbull.com. We'll go to both Lorian and I. Yeah, and I'll get on uh, it. Lorian will get on it. Right on top of it. All the way up on it. Uh, she'll get on it right away. Uh, 500 sats coming in from our buddy Justin from Wrong Kind of Podcast. Yeah, WKLP. Justin. He's in there with 500 sats out of Fountain. Woo! And he says... Justin from WKOP wanted to make sure you folks were my first fountain boost. So Aww. welcome to the game, sir. Yes, thank you. I love seeing more That's people awesome. get in and uh, start using the thing. Uh, 3962 from our boy Floydian Slips out of Fountain. Woohoo! 
He says, I missed the last two episodes. Haven't slept since I missed boosting the show. Oh, oh well, get some rest now, brother. You are boosted up. Appreciate it. Uh, 6969. 6969! Dude! That's coming from Starship Alves. Oh, yes. Also known as Paul, Paul the Book Guy. Sir Paul coming in. Thank Out you. of Fountain. Uh, he says, finally figured this all out. Bitcoin to Blue Wallet to Fountain. And uh, I'm really proud of Paul, I want to say, because he has, I've seen him complaining on Twitter a lot about how this is difficult, how there's no good on-ramps. Uh, he even said uh, that Bitcoin is stuck in the Stone Age because there's no good on-ramps and uh, that all the banks hate it so he can't get Bitcoin and all this. Like He was like complaining a lot about how difficult it was, which I just... Uh, at first I tried to help, uh, just by sending him a bunch of different, uh, ways that you could buy Bitcoin in Canada, including, I think the best was, uh, oh man, I don't want to mess it up. It had the bull in the name. I want to say something like, uh, bull coin. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to speak out of turn, which I probably already have. Yeah. But you there's sent a, him some stuff. Uh, that's <laughs> a great way to get, uh, custodial, um, Bitcoin, because you know there's some of the usual suspects, but uh, we want to we want to get something that's like the least KYC and the least centralized, and something that's going to allow you to have your own sats under your own control, not just some uh, Coinbase type exchange where you're uh, paying some other exchange, but then they keep your coins, but then they're sort of yours, kind of. No, 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 no. You got to send those out to your own custody. You got to be in charge of your own keys. Not your keys, not your cheese. But I'm really proud of uh, Sir Paul for figuring all this out and getting some coin into Fountain and, uh, you know, putting up with some of my uh, poking the bear because I just started saying, like, <laughs> you sure do complain about how hard it is a lot, you know? He was uh, upset at Fountain because Fountain doesn't let you put a credit card in and just buy sats, you know? But, of course, Fountain is not trying to be an exchange. They want to be a podcast app, so... Um, you know, I am, pro I'm, I'm so jazzed that you get, you know, you kept going, you bang your head into the brick wall until you finally crumble it. And then it gets easier after that. Once you yes. figure it out the first time and you're in, then you know the, then you know the drill. You can get some coin, you can throw it around. You can you build can a node. Set up to receive a coin. You can build a node. <laughs> All of this stuff. Uh, it's, it's what you want to do. It's where you want to be. 10101 came in from our boy C-Dubs. Thanks C-Dubs. Who says... Fuck the IRS, fuck GitHub, fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, fuck them all. Yeah, thank you, sir. That came out. Uh, that came out by the way of Boo CLI, which he is the primary author of. That's his baby. Boo CLI. That allows you to send boostograms directly from your node on the command line. And I have now used it. I came out of the uh, came out of the cave world and used this awesome tool. So it, it I was making it way harder than it had to be. It's actually quite simple for a uh, command line option. So if you're a command line guy, or if you're not, I would recommend trying it. I recommend that everybody should learn some uh, CLI and at least give it a shot. Woo, that coming in hot. By the way, every strike that you hear there, that's another boost hitting the node and knocking all the pins down. Uh, another 10101 from C-Dubs again out of boost CLI. He says, raise your right hand and repeat after me. Okay. I am not a centralized cuck. I will not make the same mistake over and over again. I will decentralize even if it hurts. 
Oh, yeah. He is going hard uh, <laughs> in the paint against GitHub, rightfully so. Uh, they're trashing the world, man. They're trashing the world, especially the world of uh, Foss. So, uh, 33-33 from Servo. Thanks, Servo. Uh, vibe check. He sends us a vibe check out of Boost CLI. Thank you, sir. The check has arrived. Uh, one 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 from Lavish. We're seeing double with this fountain boost. Uh, he says, "Damn, who are those smoking podcasters?" Hell. And then he did it again, which makes this one 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 really a five a row of five ducks. <laughs> Thanks, Lavish. Good work. Appreciate you, Lavish. Those coming in out of fountain, like I said. Uh, then Servo gives us a rundown. Uh, 3333 per word here when I say check these fucking dubs. So he's here with the big dubs, the big numbers, 3333 four times out of Boost CLI. He is rocking it right on down. Look at that. Thank you, Servo. 4269 from Harv Hat. That's his calling card out of CurioCaster, boosting that live item tag right when we go live. And 6969 is next up. 69! 69, dudes! Coming out of CurioCaster from our man Boobery. Boobs. Boobies, boobies. Oh, shit, yes. Uh, who says tits? More like titsbury, my fucking face deep in. <laughs> <laughs> More like tits, bury my fucking face deep in. I got it. There it is. There it is. Boobery. Coming in. Hell yeah. Thanks, boobs. Uh, f- last but certainly not least... Uh, last for now, forty four sixty nine, from our man Fletcher yeah, out of Fountain, who Fletch. says, "I'm in the stoned age." Oh hell yeah! Very nice. Yes. Well, you're in good company. We're stoned. This is how it goes. That's right. And Fletch, we're looking forward to hanging with you and Carolyn this Thursday. It's gonna be sick. It'll be awesome. Yes. It's gonna be tight. Well, there's uh, you know, so we've gone through a lot of ways you can contribute value to the bowl. But maybe the simplest one is leaving a voicemail, which we haven't talked too much about yet. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever were in a tournament. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, 816-607-3663, and you can even text that same number, or MMS it. Yeah. Send us a titty picture. Yeah, send us pictures of the tournament. it's, it's relevant <laughs> for uh, the time that you were in a uh, wet t-shirt tournament. That's right. And you have the receipts. Yes. I, I've heard tales of ass-shaking tournaments on this show, so let's see it. That's right, that's <laughs> right. The, uh, the phone number is set up to receive... It is programmed to receive, let's say. Yeah. So we appreciate all of our bowlers. That's why we want to thank them up front, and that's what Value for Value is all about. We always want to explain it a little bit. And we're trying to explain it differently every time. Until yeah. it sinks in, you know? Yeah. Maybe someday this will be obvious and everybody will already know. But until then, you're trying to bring it to the world. We're trying to free you from these shackles of Patreon. Or any corporate sponsors and all that crap. Or any centralized you know, method. 
can't just rely on one thing. Yeah. You can't just have a single point of failure or a single point of value, you know, or a gatekeeper of your value or any of that kind of shit, you know. It's between us and the bowlers. Like, it's a big family. That's what we have going on here. And the only reason we can have that is value for value. So uh, all that just to say. Thank you for the value for value. That's right. Thank you, bowlers. That always uh, tees me up to kind of roll into a little segment where we talk about uh, Lightning Network and podcasting 2.0 and all the things going on uh, in a weird word salad segment that we like to call... God, it makes me want to build a node so hard. And then once you run a node, it makes you want to iron that node out, make it better, beef it up, open channels, get liquidity, and good golly, Miss Molly, I've been having some issues with networking. Yeah. Issues with networking. (laughs) And uh, let's see, current peer count. By the way, during all of this, I'm having successful forwards. Uh, Right, I popped open Thunderhub and I'm getting notifications for successful forwards as we're as we're speaking yeah one just popped up uh these are invoices but i'm talking also about forwards so there's one there's one (laughs) and i'm forwarding to peers that are offline for me still so it's weird it's a very strange issue where i'm still able to forward payments to offline channels but they appear offline that peer appears offline to me and i to them which is frustrating as shit uh right now i'm at 33 percent of my peers that are actually active. Um, My clearnet peers never go down, but here's the behavior I've been experiencing. Every once in a while, it just starts. Whenever it starts, I'll drop like three peers or something. I'll look and, you know, usually I have all 29 or 30 peers. Like, Like in a typical healthy situation, maybe one person is offline. Maybe. Usually they're all online. When I see it drop to like 27, 26, I'll say, ah, shit, it's starting again. And then I could I could refresh in maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and see three or four more drop. And it just keeps going down, and it just keeps going down, and it just keeps going down. And uh, I have been hitting people up on forums, hitting people up on Tgram groups, hitting people up everywhere where these troubleshooting uh, circle jerks take place. And so, people, so many people were like, oh, yeah, no, Tor. Tor is getting DDoSed. Tor is down. Tor is unreliable. It's always it's always Tor with these mothers, right? Mm. They're always saying, ah, bro, that's just Tor, mate. Um, the the streams, streaming stats are still coming through. Payments and boosts, as you heard, are still coming through. They're failing for some people. I've heard through the grapevine that uh, Fountain slash Ellen Pace have been having issues um, sometimes there can't be a route found. Now I still have, like I said, I have 10 online peers. Four of my peers are clear net totally. So it seems like they never go down. So you'll always have four peers. It seems like <laughs> they never go down. Like even when I'm having these issues and like losing some of my peers, like a percentage, they never go down. Both of these nodes that we run, we're on a internet switch down here, an ethernet switch, an unmanaged switch. Yeah. Which pretty much just echoes the signal. It You know, you put one input and then four outputs, and then you can run four machines on that one switch. So we figured, hey, uh, and C-Dub suggested, 
why don't you try taking it off the switch, try it out, put it on something else. Okay. Took it upstairs. Yeah, I moved my umbral. It seems when we, if we turn the umbral off during this type of behavior, and then we reboot the recipe blitz, everything comes on, all the channels are there. And then you can turn the umbral on, and things will play nice for anywhere from 12 to 36 hours. Be fine. And then this shit starts happening again. And sometimes it'll start happening, like, around... It seems like the evenings where yeah. it kicks in, and then like the next morning you can get up and you'll have all thirty peers in the morning. It's so weird, and I can't like I can't replicate it first of all, second of all, when it starts happening, i can't I don't have a reliable motion to go through the jiggle the handle, like just the absolute retard mode, turn it off and on again, shit um sometimes helps, but the problem with turning the node off and on again is then you have to resync the Bitcoin chain, then you have to resync lightning, and then the peers kind of just come online one by one, you know. So if you have, like I have right now, 10 peers, right? If I restarted it right now, then I would have to wait like 20 to 30 minutes for the whole process of it turning off. Uh, you know, it has to stop all of the system services, then it has to turn off, then I can turn it back on, then I have to wait for it to boot up and sync up, uh, after all of that's said and done, maybe a 20 to 25 minute process, then I'll have like one to two peers and then they'll start coming back bit by bit. Mm. But it's like, I almost feel like I might as well just ride it out at the 10 for as long as I can get it to go. Now, um, I also get Amboss alerts sent to me and chirp to me and Amboss says, oh, your note is offline as of, you know, 920 or whenever, like right when we're. Yeah, right when the show is right, we're about to pull the trigger on the live. Um, no, I know it's not offline and it's still forwarding payments and still receiving payments, so that's great. But man, it has been a frustrating experience jiggling these handles. Um, some things I can tell you it isn't. Uh, one thing that it isn't is the new update because this behavior was happening before I updated to 1.18.0. Another thing, obviously, that it isn't is the switch, because yep. we have eliminated the switch, and it's still happening. Now, I've had some, uh, what I think is a good next step of a suggestion is get some kind of a subnet going and put one of the nodes on the subnet. I think that is probably the next step, the great next step to take, because for some some reason, somehow, I've got to isolate or change the two i would love if anybody else runs two nodes on the same local network and has had these issues i also don't know if maybe they were both umbrals or maybe if they were both raspy blitzes if that would help i yeah, don't that's know what i was wondering i don't know that seems kind of bonk <laughs> yeah. to me but um you know they can be migrated so yeah you know maybe that's a little lower on the list of shit to try but hopefully uh, the problem is that I don't really know shit about networking, networking and sending packets. And, you know, that's that's like a big blind spot for me is like local area networks. Like, oh, shit, should I set up uh, DMZ? Should I set up, uh, I, like, I don't know. Should I do port? Are my port forwarding rules fucked up? Well, I don't have any. Uh, but P&P is enabled. So if plug and play is fucking up my port forwarding, I don't I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, how do I, what tool do I use to troubleshoot? I've downloaded like three or four different weird troubleshooting, network troubleshooting tools, and I don't know how the hell to use them. 
like uh, Silly Shark or whatever the fuck the shark one's called. I tried that out. Um, and, you know, net, net, now net net is like, uh, subnetting is a pain in the ass unless absolutely necessary. So what I can tell you is months ago we had this issue, but months ago it was also coupled with this weird DNS issue where, like, we couldn't reach shit for periods of time <laughs> yeah. from all, any machine that was connected to the local network, That's whether right. it was phones on Wi-Fi or uh, this desktop computer hardwired or anything. Like, certain sites, it just wouldn't resolve the DNS. And we'd flush the DNS, and that would kind of make it a little bit better sometimes, but not really. And we did find that that issue usually would resolve by turning off the umbral. Yep. So something about how the umbral is configured or how it's routed uh, on the network is really giving me woes, you know? So we're still figuring out. I really thought last night that I had it figured out when we pulled it off the switch. All my peers came up. It was glorious. They stayed up all night. Yeah. Even looked in the morning. They were still all fine. Everything was juicy. Um, Another weird thing is that uh, these forwards, man, like I'm still like having hella forward action while my peers go down. And so it's like a weird time where I don't want to reboot while I'm getting a bunch of forwards streaming through. Um, but you know, my, my friggin' terminal score is, is going to be wrecked for a while. Cause they see that my channels are unstable cause I, my peers keep going offline. So something has to be done to stabilize these nodes. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to stop until I figure something out. And, uh, until then I'll be jiggling handles and pulling wires. And if you think like, oh fuck, Spencer has it figured out with his node and he, you know, uh, we all have issues. We all have problems. And here's the current one. And I'm not some kind of a fucking wizard that just makes everything work. You know, things like go to shit on my end as well. So, um, these are things that happen and we just have to keep trying, uh, keep banging our head against that wall. But any tips that you might have. Would be very much appreciated, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. It's where you can send them. In some very much happier news, we had an awesome Casey Bitcoiners meetup last Thursday. Uh, Eric Yates came and was the guest speaker. And Eric is sort of a different stripe of fella than we have had at any of the other, uh, as the other guest speakers. So he's not like uh, most of our guest speakers are just like um, members of Maxi Church to, you know, to try and explain it like correctly or like succinctly. Like Bitcoin maximalists or people who just believe in Bitcoin, they all kind of think a similar way and say the similar stuff. Um, Now, Eric, he also um, kind of walks like a Maxi but doesn't talk like one. And doesn't consider himself one. Um, he is a Bitcoin author, and he wrote the book "The Seventh Property," which is a great uh, book, and it comes from an economic perspective. He has a background in finance, so most of our speakers and a lot of the guys that I followed and read about uh, in Bitcoin have backgrounds in some sort of tech. And to have a guy who's uh, got a background in finance and the business side of things it really kind of cuts through to the money side of Bitcoin and why it's the best money. And the seventh property basically is Bitcoin's immutability. That's what he writes about. So there are six um, 
kind of main traditionally accepted um, properties of money. And he lays them all out in a chart. What I really like about the book, which I purchased, by the way, from him that night, um, and I told him, I have not read a Bitcoin book physically cover to cover. And now I'm reading his. Uh, I've read um, the book by Gigi, the, uh, the Bitcoin Lessons, 21 Lessons. But I've read that online as I'm, you know, and so I've kind of digested it sort of as online articles more so than a page turning book. So like cover to cover physically in my hands, I've never read a full Bitcoin book. And this is like my first one I'm working through, which is something that I've needed to do for a long time. But what I like about the book is it's not because for me, I like to flip back to concepts so that I kind of get them reiterated. He does that for you in this book. So he starts with just money and its basic properties and its history through time. Um, money wants to be like the most saleable good. It wants to be saleable across time, across space, and across scale. That's kind of the three modes of saleability. And then that leads into the six properties. And then he argues that Bitcoin has this seventh property of money, which is immutability, that makes it the ultimate money, that makes it a better money than anything we've ever had before. And thus, that's why it's going to you know, it's just on track to replace these older uh, forms of money. It's a really great uh, read. I, I haven't finished it so far. I'm working through it, but like it's digestible. You don't have to be like a total egghead to read the book. Um, there's like nice charts included for a visual guy like me. It's really helpful. So that's really awesome. I was going to sit down and like talk to him and then we just got into these wild discussions which was really cool. Like um, usually all the speakers do a Q and a at the end, but this one was just, it just kept going because there was such great discussion to come out of it. And I think like one guy, for instance, um, and I'm so proud of the Bitcoiners group itself too, like the meetup group. Cause uh, one of the guys in the crowd asked like, okay, so I have Bitcoins, but like, what do I have? If I, what do I have? If I have Bitcoins, like, where's the Bitcoin? Where is my Bitcoin? It's kind of mainly what he wanted to know. That was like how he started the first question. And Eric was like, well, you know, your Bitcoin is actually um, just denoted in a ledger and through uh, everybody's consensus. So it like both exists everywhere and nowhere because it's like everybody, everywhere on everyone's nodes, there's a ledger saying where it is or what keys it belongs to. But there, you know, we've been over this discussion before where like if you really get down to brass tacks, there aren't bitcoins there are utxos unspent transaction outputs right and so it was like you could tell that the answer wasn't really hitting with the guy and so like three different of three different people in the bitcoin meetup group also took turns at like trying to break this down for this guy and um when i got in there i just kind of said yes your your bitcoin isn't really coins it isn't even like uh, saved in some kind of hard drive or anything like that. Your Bitcoin is in the form of UTXOs. And what actually has value are your private keys because your private keys give you the authority to send any of those UTXOs, to spend them and to send them to any public address at all. No matter whose it is, no matter where you see it, you could you know, have a friend and he tells you your his address and you can put him in there. Or you could see a poster on the wall that has an address and you could send it to there or whatever. But like the private keys, that's your authority 
to send those coins. And that's really what you have. When you say, I have this amount of Bitcoin, you have these UTXOs that you are allowed to send anywhere. And um, I think that really clicked with him because he like thanked me afterwards. He was like, I appreciate you like chiming in and answering part of that question. But it was just a cool night, man. That was like one of the more in-depth discussions that we've had like with a speaker kind of sparking it. So it was very cool. Uh, I'm going to try to get Eric someday. Um, yeah, in the Someday bowl. soon in the bowl. I think that he's going to uh, have some availability in September. So we're going to figure it out. Sweet. Uh, last thing I have on Chain Off Chain for this week uh, was a late-breaking news item. And uh, Cold Acid actually dropped it in the chat earlier. Cold is adding the live item functionality to Podcast Generator. All right. So you'll be able to add and edit live items uh, via that admin section in Podcast Generator. So we're super excited about that. Triple lit. Uh, that's right. Get triple lit. Cold Acid, he's been kicking ass on that Podcast Generator. So that's another thing I want to... Uh, take a stab at or uh, get my hands dirty with because it's been on my to-do list and on my radar and I just haven't uh, haven't busted open the box and tried it out but yeah there's my there's my on-chain off-chain for you uh, unless you want to hear about this silly article that was posted well I, you uh, teased it earlier so we might as well talk about it now I haven't read it or seen it I just keep hearing about it <laughs> yeah I was kind of uh it was funny because one of our, it was it was put in the chat of our KC Bitcoiners and one of our members, um, kind of grabbed it and it took me off guard, because I expected some like really good arguments in it or something. You know, I expected like these uh, obstacles that I would have to overcome or something like that. And um, I'm I'm trying to find the link to the article. The basic premise was that. Oh, some people are doing this uh, value for value thing, right? And it's not going to work out. It's not going to happen. And the reason is because uh, of all the reasons that you usually hear, you know. Um, the main reason that he opens up with is that uh, there's no price tag, essentially, right? Yes, that's why it's awesome. <laughs> I guess originally it came through on our uh, No Bullshit Bitcoin um, is that a different group? It's it's a bot that does uh, crank through these different stories, and it's kind of like a news bot, you know? Mm. Um, So he says value for value is not sound, and then he tries to just get all egg-headed about Austrian economics. Oh, boy. Uh, I can, like, give you a sample sentence here. One can only know that at some instant they prefer X over Y. They cannot say X has a value of 10 and Y has a value of 9. Because of that... It's a nonsense quest to try to determine how much value one is getting from a pod from a podcast. He's sort of stating the whole <laughs> point of value for value, but then also misunderstanding it. Like, yeah, the whole point is exactly that. The value is subjective. Yes, I can't tell you how much value you're getting out of this podcast, and I also can't tell you how much is a lot of value for you to give back. I can't say, oh, that's a lot of money. I can't say, oh, that's a lot of dollars you sent to the PayPal. I can't say, oh, that's a lot of sats. Because I don't know what you got going on. I don't know your business. I don't know, you know? Some people might send you $10 and break their ass over it. 
it right it might be stretching the budget. Some yeah. people might send you five hundred dollars and it's no sneeze to them. Yep. That's the whole point of value for value. It is subjective. You cannot ex- he's right in this that you can't determine how much value any single individual is getting from a podcast. But you can search your own self. But that's why you can't put a price tag on your podcast for others to Precisely. pay. Precisely. Because I can't tell you, hey, this is worth five bucks to you or this is worth 500 bucks to you. So he is basically saying that um, you can't do the value for value thing. Uh, it gets even more ignorant. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I love this. My One of my favorite quotes in this. Uh, I will read to you this paragraph. When I go to a normal shop... Normal shop. A, no, a normal guy, shop? First of all, this guy shops at normal shop, so, oh. you know, he's just not one of us. <laughs> when I go to a normal shop to buy a bottle of milk, I look at the bottle of milk and I read its price, and there is one simple decision I have to make. Is this bottle of milk worth more than the amount of money that's specified in the price tag? It's a single uh-huh. decision with only two answers, yes or no. False and false, okay? When you go to buy a gallon of milk... We don't buy a bottle of milk, thank you. We buy a gallon <laughs> of milk from the grocery store. I don't fuck with the normal store. No. <laughs> uh, you won't catch me in the fucking normal store. I go to the grocery store, and I get a gallon of milk, and guess what? I buy the fucking whole milk. Yes. I buy it. You know why milk is never on sale? Because you need goddamn milk. It's never on sale. It is the price, and you pay the price, and you get milk. You don't look at the tag and go, hmm, I need to make a decision, yes or no, if this is uh, actually worth the value at specified on the price tag. No, you <laughs> buy fucking milk because you need milk. That's how it works. That's how milk works. That's not how a podcast works because podcast ain't milk. I don't have to squeeze anybody's titty and get this content out. I can squeeze titties as part of the content. <laughs> okay. But what I'm saying is there's no physical good here. Uh, there are fixed costs, right? There are upfront fixed costs that we can calculate. We can say, all right, I need to host a website. I need to host an RSS feed. I need to record this shit. Maybe you are uh, a fancy Nancy and you pay a Adobe subscription or whatever. Like, okay. So there's fixed costs that you can say, these are my fixed costs, but then you have digital content. So once said content is produced, it's done, it's produced and it's out there. And it's not only just out there, it's out there forever and it's replicatable for pretty much free you could argue like the fractions of sense of uh the bandwidth that you're taking up every time somebody downloads it but for all intents and purposes once you produce the digital content then it's shareable it's reproducible you can listen to it over and over again you can share it with your friends you can download it whatever it's out there it doesn't cost me any extra after that it's done same with an ebook same with anything else so when I'm making a gallon of milk, every fucking gallon of milk has a cost. So if I make 100 gallons of milk, I have to scale my cost. If I make a million gallons of milk, that's too much milk. I run out of something. I can make a million episodes, a million downloads of a single episode. doesn't change anything from 10. It's the same. It's pretty much the same cost. That's why Value for Value works with digital content. Because there's no floor or ceiling. So we're not saying... Oh, I have this digital content. It's freely shareable, but if you try to listen to it without paying for it, I'm going to have somebody come and threaten you and beat you up and take you to court, sue you, and uh, you got to pay this money first. 
that's what the the paywall people and the copyright people would would like in the in in their perfect world. I don't have to demean or degrade myself or my audience by saying please, please, please sign up for my Patreon and give me it's only five dollars a month, just please, because. I don't have to limit anybody to $5 a month. I don't have to cap myself and say, you know what, my shit is worth something. It's worth $5 a month. I don't have to say that either. Because I don't know. I don't, I don't have the arrogance. I don't have the knowledge. I'm not God. I can't say, all right, you, listener who's hearing this right now, this is what my content is worth to you. I got no fucking clue, man. And frankly, when we started back... I was taken aback and humbled that this was worth anything to anybody. Yes. <laughs> in the fact that they would just listen. This yeah. was before we were really even getting value rolling back into us. Like, people were listening, and I was like, oh, we are doing something. And, you know, back then, we were like, if, if people are listening, it's still worth trying to figure this thing out. And since then, we've just trying to be jammed. How can we expand the value? How can we put more value in? Well, it's very valuable not to subject your producers to advertisements yeah you know, because ads are crammed down everyone's throat everywhere you turn but not here correct and you don't have to uh have a trusted third party like an advertiser that you take on is another trusted third party and so if i say i'm gonna read ad copy two bad things happen the first bad thing that's obvious that we talk about the most is that that advertiser is then going to say, oh, what are they saying about me? What are they saying about other people that I'm in circles with that I don't want to yeah. be embarrassed? What is their content? But the second thing that is uh, people don't think about as much is what's the advertiser? Is the advertiser a skeeve ball themselves? Is the advertiser going to compromise your integrity just by you reading their shit? <laughs> Yeah. If I'm in Fountain and then they're rolling out these ads, well, that's very cool. But then they're pushing this hodl not shit. And then right. hodl not freezes fucking payments, freezes fucking withdrawals. Hello, welcome to the fucked crowd. You fucked with hodl not. You fucked with a crypto yield farm. Congratulations. And then people want to say that I'm some kind of a fucking prick when I say, ooh, you know, I'm not so sure about these hodl not crypto shitcoin ads on Fountain. People are going to get ganked. People are going to think this service is reputable because Fountain's cool. And then they see Hodlnot on Fountain and they go, oh, Hodlnot must be cool. And then three months later, their shit is uh, inaccessible. They can't get their fucking money because there's a bunch of fucking scammers, you know? And these are the kind of things that I worry about. These are the kind of things that uh, make me voice concerns. And it's also the kind of shit I can talk and be honest with you, my peoples, because I love you and I want to keep you safe and I don't want you to get fucking rug pulled. I don't want you to get into this bullshit. I want you to be cool. Do I know the bulletproof way? No, fuck no. But I know when I see like 8% yield on a doink coin that that is something to stay away from. And when I see that in apps that I love, I just like, it hurts me. There's yeah. a piece of me that hurts seeing that. That's what value for value gets you out of. That's what value for value can free you from. Is those kind of traps. I want to close with uh, this fucking hilarious chunk of this. Which, which, so I'm reading this and I think that I'm going to have to like come up with these like brainy boy debate points. And I just ended up just shitting on it piece by piece. And then I get to this and I didn't fucking read the end because I got to this. Professional video game streamers. So this is in the section 
an, a section of this article titled Other Possible Monetization Possibilities. So after saying that value for value isn't going to work, right, the guy tries, well, it depends. I guess it's a stretch to say that this is try because this is a fucking most low effort shit. But the guy tries to come up with other possible uh, monetization possibilities. Okay. <laughs> so aside from using the a form of the word possible twice there, he says, professional video game streamers have come up with something other, some other interesting ideas. For example, they crowdfund the creation of special content, parentheses, if enough people pay, I will dress like a rabbit. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the kind of shit we're talking about. This is the kind of retarded shit that he is offering up as better than value for value. Oh, if I get five hundred dollars, I'll put on a bunny suit on my stream. Everybody like me in a bunny suit, right? Yep. We don't have to do that kind of dumb shit. Exactly. Because we're value for value. We don't have to do any of this dumb shit. It's fucking dumb. Learn value for value or get wrecked. I'll have to link the... So article, blog post, I don't know what this is, but I'll, I'll have to link sad, it in the show notes. It's sad, is what it is. This is sad. And then this everyone can get a good laugh. And I always <laughs> get, like, really cherry content coming in. Um, it's funny, because I didn't until just now realize that they came in from uh, No Bullshit Bitcoin. But apparently sometimes a turd flows through, is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Apparently sometimes a turd flows through, which, you know, happens to all of us. It's not like I'm a fucking perfect guy over here, but that one just was an easy one. That was an easy takedown. I was like, I was worried at first. I was like, <laughs> oh, is there some kind of a hole or uh, is there something I haven't thought of or value for value? And then I get and I'm like, oh, this guy says I don't have to be V for V because I can dress in a bunny suit. And, you know, I will say too, um, Adam was sort of pulling up concerns similar on podcasting 2.0 and there have been people complaining like, oh, I'm getting these tiny amounts of sats in. You know, yeah. My oh, I'm getting a fraction of a penny. Oh, somebody sent me, you know, 69 sats. And now I'm upset with that. Like, what the fuck, sir? You? First of all, what the fuck, sir? So you're getting into value for value. You're just starting out. You're a fresh kid on the block. Welcome. We love you. Come in. Stay a while. If the first thing you do when you're getting value returned is bitch about it, you fucking lose. Yeah. You fucking lose in the first inning. This thing is a long-term, long-haul. You need to study it for a long time. You need to keep going. You need to explain to people what value for value is because we don't know. Most of us don't know. There are a few of us who have been listening to No Agenda for a fucking decade. Okay, great. But, like, that we forget so often, I think, in the NA crowd, what type of a sliver of that person is. And a million people may listen to No Agenda on a regular basis. But those million people don't all get value for value. In fact, some of them find it annoying. Mm. Many of them fast forward through donation segments and they find it annoying and it turns them off. And that's fine. That also is... That's part of it, right? Value yeah. for value takes into account that most people aren't going to give you shit. And guess what? It's okay. Because the people that never give you shit but still listen will talk about you to yep. other people who might give you something. And might listen to the value pitch and might start, might come to understand value for value. I didn't get it at first either. I used to skip donation segments when I first came over in 2013, 2014 from Rogan. And then I just got into the habit of letting them play through. And then it grew on me. I started to understand there's this whole community of people out there. There's these, there's all of us out here. 
who are chipping in and, and making this thing grow. And then some people don't just chip in, they, they f- f- flop in. There's instantites going on. There's all these different stuff. So over a long period of time, you will begin to understand value for value. But if you hear about it and then do a two-week trial of it, and then, hey, it's not enough for me. Well, then go fucking put a bunny suit on and read a fucking condom ad on your show then. And, like, that's probably the place for you. <laughs> it will be much more comfortable there. There we have it. I think we have a couple of, <laughs> I think we have a couple of strikes that rolled in. Yeah. Um, a GG boost from Bully Steed. Thank you, GG. Thanks, Bully Steed. Uh, coming in a fa- uh, from Fountain. And the one you just heard is 5150 from Harvhat, who says, Long hauling V for V. Hell uh, yeah. Caster. So thank you. Thanks, Harvhat. And also, I saw uh, Net Ned's boost sneak through, at least on my half, where he said, I leave lots of fingerprints in my soft egg with 6969 sats. <laughs> 69! 69, dudes! Thank you. Yes. Appreciate thank you it, all. Net Ned. And yeah, sometimes my path fails because value uh, for value works both ways. Though you got to value, you know, your producers too. Correct. That's right. Never forget why you're here. And show love. You can't just say like, "Oh, this person sent me value. They yeah. suck, or I'm better." Yeah. What an arrogant reaction! I oh, I'm better than too. I'm better than what they're giving me. Yeah. Uh, a little well, gratitude goes a long <sighs> way. You're gonna have to prove it somehow, okay? Because yeah, exactly. like you just thinking it in your own mind doesn't really mean anything to anyone else. Nope. But you know, it might mean something. Uh, the Nigerian Army and Air Force killed two terrorist leaders along with 33 others in Katsina and Borno this week. Ooh, I loved that headline because it's like they killed 35 people. But they broke it down. Well, two were leaders. And oh, then two there were leaders. Three others. <laughs> my fa- some of my favorite stories that you bring to thirty threes or lows, where they had to like jump through some sort of an extra logic hoop to get to the number thirty three. Yes, which is why it's like, hmm, this is something going on, isn't it? It really uh, activates my almonds. The named terrorist leaders who were um, Abdul Karim Faka Faka <laughs> and I shit you not, Bem Bem. Bem Bem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'd never heard of them. Uh, but yeah, these are some bombing raids. Gotta put Bim Bim on ice. Like a, uh, a good time, not. Then NYPD is searching for a suspect in the stabbing of a 33-year-old man at Yankee Stadium subway station. It happened at 1.30 p.m. Dude mm. got stabbed in the back on the escalator. And then this guy just took running off. Damn. Yeah. Midday. Subway's a rough spot, bro. New York is a rough spot. No doubt. No doubt. I'm not going back for a while. (laughs) And finally, uh, jiu-jitsu champion Leandro Lowe was shot and killed in Brazil at the age of 33. Yeah. So maybe don't bring jiu-jitsu to a gunfight. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's too bad. 33, man. You got to look out for it when you're that age. Mm, Just got to look out for the signs popping up. I mean, I'm already eyes everywhere when I'm out in public, (laughs) but like... It's uh, it's nerve-wracking. I know you have 33% of your peers, you know? Next Mm -mm. year, I'm going to be like, looking the fuck around. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. 
Oh, of course, you know, people are still getting sick because people get sick and die every day. <coughs> oh, shit. But I saw there were 33 new cases of the coof in Maine. Maine was uh, the only one going with it this week, though. Mm. Uh, there was an article that the pandemic increased Nigeria's internet reach by 33%. Interesting. So they made money, you know? They said uh, only 33% of the population had broadband in 2019, and then that rose to 44% in 2022. Because, nice. you know, business shifted online when they shut everything down in person. Check them juicy digits. Yeah, there was a weird article that came out of the Minnesota Department of Health saying that adverse health events were up 33% in 2021. I thought this meant reactions to medications and such, uh, but it was incidents that happened in the hospital. So, mm. like, you know, someone wasn't watching them and they fell. Oh, no. Or... um. What was the other? Th the main thing they listed was pressure ulcers. Ow. That yeah. doesn't sound like fun. No. So these were incidents that uh, are totally preventable. I was kind of surprised they even published the report admitting to it. 2% um, resulted in death, and they blame staffing challenges. So. Very challenged staff. And finally, my last uh, magic number case that popped up this week was that the 13th monkeypox case was reported in Singapore. It was a 33-year-old man who's in a local unlinked case. Then they go on to say that this is the eighth local unlinked case. And I am just, just so confused by what that phrase means. If they're all local, they've got to be linked somehow, right? I mean, I guess they're going to say, oh, they didn't know each other, yada, yada. And none of them had traveled recently. But it's just strange wording. But he was 33, so got uh, a headline. There it is. Yep. Got to yeah. work in the age when they're 33. You of know? course, yeah. Other ages don't really matter. You're 33 Just a young person, an old person. But you're only 33 once. You're only 33 once. We can unless only exploit it for the clicks once. Unless you're Jim Morrison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or any of the or other Janus. fuckers. Yeah. 27 Club. No, now we're worried about the 33 Club. <laughs> I would say the 27 Club, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's more of a blessing. Maybe. You, know, you don't have to get to the 33 craziness. Who knows? Oh, I'm ready to go behind the curtain. That's what oh, I know. tell me about it, man. I've been itching. Yeah. Oh, there's a stinky old shoe over in the corner. Oh, goodness. Yeah. On August 4th, Brittany Griner got her sentence to nine years. Three times three. I saw. <laughs> a little uh, throwback bell there. Yeah. Of yeah, course. That was the one thing everybody so like obviously we've been talk we've been following the Griner case closely for months now. And this was finally the past week where I heard everybody bring it up. It was like on everybody's yeah. lips, you know. And it makes sense. It's kinda like the culmination. It's the like money shot, it's the big finale. She gets nine years. It ain't over though, we know that. No, oh, of course not. But this is kind of like, it, it just surprised me. It made me my eyebrows raise. Of like, oh, now everybody's talking about this shit, you know? Yeah. So the lawyers, of course, had already said they were going to appeal. And they knew she was going to be sentenced. Because he brought pot into Russia. 
guilty. Yeah, the whole thing yada, where yada. They, you know, they want to fucking... Arm. Or, you know, you're the fall guy for whatever's actually going on. There's Correct. so much that we don't know Correct. that's hidden behind this. The layers of the onion go way deeper than a fucking weed pen. But just the simple, lame facts of less than a gram of weed oil in a cartridge... And yeah, you're getting slammed. They uh, thought it was going to be a 10-year sentence and it ended up being nine. Um, but again, like I said, everything's been laid out in the media. All the steps that they're going to take and the lawyers were like, well, you know, she pled guilty to maybe speed things along, which it seems like it worked. They predicted that the sentencing would come down early August. It did. And they said, we're going to appeal it immediately. So they're not sending Brittany to the final destination jail the or whatever <laughs> the work camp i'm not sure uh, where she would Siberia. end up it's not even really confirmed where she is now but the appeal's coming up so you know wait and see also of course the white house has allegedly been trying to plan a prisoner swap the first person discussed was victor boot the arms dealer and it seemed kind of like a done deal, but then the media started talking about Paul Whelan, who's been over there, imprisoned, and wanting him back. And then Russia said, you know, we're not going to do two for one. So last week I brought the names of some, you know, people that Russia wants. And some fantastic names they were, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. Crazy Cave. <laughs> Krasikov. Krasikov was yeah, my favorite. A crazy assassin. A guy who could know Fuzzy Bear. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, so many interesting folks. I'm not going to go through them all again. Comfy Panda. Oh, once, once again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Panda. Once again, uh, the media has laid out these potential things that the U.S. could try, that Russia would really like, mm. which I just think is so interesting. <laughs> you know? It really how, makes you... Rub your chin, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so the sentencing came out, and the White House released a statement. Or, well, allegedly this was directly from President Dusty Man Joe Biden. Uh, statement on the sentencing of wrongfully detained American Brittany Griner. And here's what it says. It's short, so I'll just read it. Today, American citizen Brittany Griner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable, and I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends, and teammates. My administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany and Paul Whelan home safely as soon as possible. You know, if the Dusty Man really cared, he would put out a YouTube immediately and he would say, Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, I did think it was interesting, this phrase here, home sa oh yeah, home safely as soon as possible. I read it as, as safely as possible, oh. which is such a, an old, uh, good old shoe callback for me, mm -hmm. and wag the dog. Uh, not that I'm guessing, yeah, not that I'm trying to <laughs> guess ahead of what could possibly happen here. But, right. Um, the Onion had a great article they ran. Right about the same time that this statement came out with the headline, 
Biden says U.S. won't rest until Brittany Griner is returned home to serve marijuana possession sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want her extradited here. Yeah, which I loved. I loved it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Think of all the people sitting behind bars here, mm-hmm. uh, wrongfully detained in America for third strike cases, a lot of them. You know, just third strike. Oh, you had a little pot on you. Sorry, federally illegal. There yeah, you that's, go. that's what I would really love to know. Is she wrongfully detained because they detained her over weed? Okay, and if so, then that opens a Pandora's box of other questions that I fucking have. Well, Mark Fogel, though, who went over there with more than an ounce of weed in a medical script for the back surgery. He's got 14 years in Russian, a work camp, confirmed, and he's not classified as wrongfully detained. So it's not just the weed thing. It's the basketball player privilege thing. And it's whatever. And on top of whatever's going on. It's whatever her real job is. I like the triple spy. That's why we're mad. Aspect. That's why she's wrongfully detained. Because it's a, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a roadblock. Some kind of snare happens. We're in a disagreement over what the right or wrongful thing is here. They're yes. like, we've got your mans, bro. And we're like, hey... You can't do that, man. She's just uh, over there. She didn't do nothing. No, didn't do nothing. And they're like, oh, well, she has a pen. Like, okay, well, she has a fucking pen. <laughs> Basically empty pen. Like, okay, you got And nothing. then they didn't even, you know, give levels of THC in it. Yes or no? Like, what if, what yeah, if it's a CBD it's oil? It's so <laughs> sketchy. It's such a piece of it's, shit, the whole uh, thing. Yeah. Like, I, I really, truly feel like if you think that this is over a weed pen and... The fact that Russia wants to, like, wag dick or score political points. Like, they're not scoring any political points over this thing. It's, there's some, no. There's some underlying thing that we don't know about. It runs a lot deeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, August 5th, which was what, last Friday, I believe, there was a question asked at the White House press briefing regarding the whole thing. I'll play it. Uh, Russia said today that it was ready to discuss a prisoner swap with regard to Brittany Griner, Griner in private. And President Biden just told us that he was hopeful and working on it. Can you give us a sense of where things stand and have those private discussions begun? So we said this, and uh, Secretary Blinken spoke to, to this earlier today, this morning. We have made a substantial offer uh, to bring Brittany and Paul Whalen home. They need to be home. They should be home. Uh, they are being wrongfully detained. That is something you've heard us say. This morning, Foreign Minister Lavrov said publicly that they are prepared to engage through the channels we have established at the President's direction. Uh, as Secretary Blinken said this morning, as I just mentioned, we will continue to pursue those. Uh, this, this is something the President and National Security have had on top of mind. This is a priority for them. Uh, we need to bring them home. We need to bring Brittany home. We need to bring Paul home. And we're going to continue to do the work uh, that we have been doing in this administration uh, to make sure that U.S. nationals that are being wrongfully detained, that are being held hostage, uh, come home. And so as far as the negotiations, we say this all the time. It remains, uh, to, uh, not remains to be seen, but it, but we are we have to keep the negotiations private uh, and, uh, and we'll continue uh, to do that. And so, uh, but also we will continue to, to uh, call on Russia to, uh, to take the, the substantial offer that we put in front of them seriously. Woo, she got through that, didn't she? She she made it through. I was beginning to wonder if there was going to be an end to that. Only takeaway is that that back channel is open and active that we discussed last time. Correct. Which uh, sounded like the Russians opened 
to our government or whoever. Wow, well, you know, they must not talking. be using Tor if they are keeping it active, man. That's all I can <laughs> figure. <laughs> so, yeah, there. Allegedly, people are talking in the back channels allegedly, about this. Allegedly, well, that's ignorant. You know, and then you know. Korean is like, we can't negotiate from up here. Ha 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 ha. All of last week. Let's keep the negotiations the private is like her way of begging people to stop asking her questions about this. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> none of this has been private. Oh, you know? my God. Um, Please don't ask me about this shit. Biden had one comment to make on it oh. after he signed some things <laughs> on Friday. Can you give us a comment on Brittany Griner, sir? I'm hopeful. We're working hard. So yeah. Wow, which Biden was that? I don't know. <laughs> the one with sun, the, you know, aviator sunglasses. He sounds like the one that just got out of the shop, man. They fixed him back up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on it. He was on it. That's hilarious. Um, but Yeah, hopeful. Working hard. And that's it for now. God, you know? he must just have clones left at this point, And they're all like, uh, like maybe like a six week longevity. And then he's on like the six week clone cycle. <laughs> And they got to get a fresh one out. And then they get a fresh one. Because, like, he'll just, like, he'll be, like, gone for a while. Like, nobody's seen or heard from him. And then he'll pop back up. And he's like, oh, fuck. He's on this bounce back or something. Yeah. Make sure it looks decent. Yeah. Shaking hands with people and stuff. It's like, shaking hands. He's not falling over. He's like, he didn't even say, oh, he was, like, ready. He answered the question like that. Yeah. Hopeful. Like, when is he hopeful, bro? Right. (laughs) That was, like, a, like, wow. Yeah. Last time I checked, he was just chewing soap. I haven't seen him like that in ages, man. Yeah, a decade. Yeah. Chew soap. Oh, but, you know, they talk about, oh, we're going to get all the wrongfully detained people over there. And like I mentioned, Mark Fogel, still not classified as wrongfully detained. Of course. So it's not about the weed. No. Because obviously, if it, obviously, I I understand this is obvious to us. Um, (laughs) And if it were, he would get that reclassification. Um. Some legislators from Pennsylvania, Senator Pat Toomey and Representative Guy Reschenthaler, sent a letter to Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, of course, begging him to give Mark Fogel the wrongfully detained status so that we can get him out of there. Uh, because he was a music teacher, a history teacher, just a teacher, and he had that back surgery and he had the medical prescription yeah he had his medicine with him and he is doing the time he didn't do nothing yeah exactly so but but of course you know he doesn't have the the spy privilege or basketball player privilege or whatever's going on (laughs) right um so wapo had an article entitled U.S. and Russia ready to negotiate Griner's release. I loved this because it's like we're not going to, you know, Russia had come out last week. Oh, we don't appreciate the loudspeaker democracy. We don't appreciate the media trying to do these negotiations and talking about it. This is supposed to be in private in our back channel, blah, blah, blah. And uh, no, the media is never going to stop. You know, they've got their own agenda that they're working for. Correct. So... It, the WAPO article does men- mention this channel that's been established by allegedly Putin and Biden. Um, and then they said that Blinken sat right next to Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov at a meeting, but they didn't say one word to each other and just thought that was pretty weird, you know? Yeah. When you're supposed to be negotiating. 
And I don't speak Russian, but <laughs> Lavrov did have a press conference with a translator on it that I will have linked in the show notes. I don't trust translators, but he did make a quip about it. Like, oh, you want her back so bad, but you didn't have the balls to talk to me about it. And then he went <laughs> on to say, like, we That's are ready a... to, we are ready to, you know, discuss a prisoner swap. It's just going to probably be two for two. As Bill Richardson said today, actually. Oh. Um, now, of course, he's the former governor of New Mexico. He was a U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. He runs the Richardson Center, which was involved with the prisoner swap for Trevor Reed over in Russia. And he's visited Gritney several times, and he's been there this whole time working to negotiate in the back channels. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, the yeah. The frigid waters of the back channels. Yeah. Totally not a, a swampy man at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, someone asked him about Mark Fogel, too, and he didn't really have much to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark Fogel. Like, Who is I, this man? <laughs> I know yeah. not of which you speak. He is not even embassy worker. <laughs> he is simply teacher to embassy worker children. Yeah. Um, all he said today was that he's feeling positive that there's a chance for a two for two prisoner swap. And then he's like, we can't negotiate in the media, so I'm not going to say course, anything. Right. Yeah. <sighs> but there was a, you know, now that everyone's talking about Gritney because of the sentencing that came out, it's been ripe for memes. Of course. Um, these photos that... She had posted on her, I think it was Snapchat, playing... It was Instagram. Oh, it was Instagram? Something like that, though. I thought it was Snapchat, because Snapchat doesn't censor anything. But anyways, playing basketball topless outside, you uh -huh. know? She's got no boobs. Yeah. No boobs. And uh, there's... <laughs> I mean, there's also, she did that nude shoot for the magazine mm -hmm. where it's like, move the basketballs in front of your privates. Because, <laughs> wow, she's uh, tall. Sure. And, uh, you know, no boobs. Yeah. But. Yeah, she's discussed this herself, in fact. Yeah, I was going to say, her own writing just talks about, like, being made fun of as a kid for always being boyish and having that low voice and all this stuff and there's lots of pictures in one of her memoirs about lots of baby pictures you know where she's all dolled up just like any baby girl mm -hmm. and uh so this meme came out this week showing an alleged screenshot of cnn saying that oh geez the russians were gonna dna test her to decide if she should <clears throat> go to the male or Female facility, right? <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but it was just a meme. It was just fake news. First of all, <laughs> obvious fucking bait. Right when you saw it, right? Yeah. Did that get you for a couple seconds? Well, it wasn't even in the fucking C. It wasn't even in the proper font that CNN Chiron oh, that they have no. in this screen, dude. <laughs> that just made I've me seen, laugh when I saw it. But. I've seen some of like the respectable people that I like follow and like look to for like getting signals or picking stuff up or seeing through this type of shit unironically sharing it and being like oh what do you think will come back what will the result you know like just being like they're gonna test her and frankly this is a problem i have with this uh could Brittany griner 
actually be a dude in disguise or in poor disguise or whatever it is. Very possibly. I don't fucking know. But does it know. matter? First of all, <laughs> I don't actually fucking know. And I don't think I can tell no. from the evidence that's been presented, including the including they ain't got no titties, yeah. including the whatever you want to put. Like, I've seen it all, okay? I've seen it. I'm Weeks aware ago, of it. Weeks ago, though, yeah. It's been it's acknowledged, like... okay? So, Griner might be a dude. Griner might not be a dude and be like a super fucking manly chick. I think it has absolutely nothing to do with the like the heart of what's going on or the story here. I that think like it's a it's, huge distraction it though, is, away from it's it. It's the only thing people are talking about, and it's like people keep bringing it back to that. So if you ever try to get any kind of nuanced discussion about Griner, it will come back to is oh she's a dude though, and yeah, it's like it's okay, ma- that, maybe so. I'm not sure though. Right. First of all, I'm not sure. Like I don't think I can determinatively say. You know. I could say it's very up for question and debate, but, you know, you would have to get to a level of intimacy to actually find out the truth on that that you're never going to get with a fucking professional basketball player. It's like none of your goddamn business at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? Versus this international conflict that we're over, over maybe some chick over there, dude, chick, tranny, whatever the fuck you want. Fill in the blank for whatever you're sure that that person is. Uh... Over a fucking, I guess, I guess they had a weed pin on them, but less than an ounce of weed that was never tested for THC. You never told us about it. Now we're doing arms dealer prisoner swaps over it. Okay, all of these things, all of these facts in the case should not only also be known by everybody who knows that Brittany Griner has a penis somehow. I have not seen that. No, yeah, me neither. Might be the case, but I haven't fucking seen it, so I don't know, like so many people fucking know. So many people seem to know this one. I know some other shit, right, that's more important, though, that everybody can know. That's public record, and no one is talking about that part of it. It's just a little bit disappointing to me, you know? That's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, and that's why I haven't brought it up until tonight. I'm glad you left it as, like, the last (laughs) punctuation thing about it, because I even heard it, like, you know... Like I said, I'm not going to fucking roast people, but people I respect a lot did this same move and it actually detracts from what the fuck is going on. Because everybody, like we can go anywhere. I can go to my dad. I can go to the water cooler at anybody's office. I can go wherever the fuck and get that line. Exactly. That's not what I'm looking for when we like break the stories down. Right. Yep. And it's it's just uh, like, like, dude, I've heard that one a thousand times. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's got to say it. Oh, but I got to say it. But, Even but, oh, but I got to say it. Brittany Griner has a titty part of penis. I have to say it. I have to say it. Even before like, okay, this arrest, fuck. it was a talking point. Yes. Where any time, you know, kneeling for the anthem and all that stuff. Well, it's a dude. I don't know. I don't I really see. care. <laughs> you might have, yeah, you might be right. I, I, <laughs> I don't fucking know. But there's just, just like so much other more fascinating stuff about this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the triple agent. Angle. I like the triple agent. I like these like uh, weird. What are the star tattoos? You told me. Oh about the, yeah. What I are didn't the stars? Who knows? That. Well, Griner has a lot of ink, and so I was taking a look at it, and um, the ones that stood out to me when I first looked at Brittany was these red and black stars on her like shoulders, kind of in the front. What is this? A pex? I don't know, it's above your pecs. I don't know. It's up here. Your collarbones? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like under your collarbone, next to your sh- shoulders, 
I'm like tapping myself as if anyone can see me except for you. She's tapping herself on the shoulder slash collarbone. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there are these big black and red stars. And so I was like, hmm, red and black star tattoo meaning. Like I'm just looking yeah, shit up. I mean, many, there was a lot of stuff. There many was like, such cases. Yeah, there was like a very uh, two female symbols that she had tattooed intertwined. Yeah, she's a lesbian and blah, 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 whatever. Lots of stuff. But the when I looked up star tattoos around the shoulders, mm-hmm. the first thing that came up was Russian jail ink and how you are a made criminal if you have the stars there. And there are all different types of stars, like some floral looking, some like asterisks, some classic stars. And I just thought that was interesting. That's a little weird one. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird, yeah. And I watched a, sh- there There was an interview with her on a show called My Ink or something, and uh, she went over a bunch of her ink, her sleeve, she loves the outdoors, so she's got all those like flowers and cool stuff, mm-hmm. trees, whatever. No mention of the stars. No mention of the stars. But it, she tapped on them like they were one of the earliest ones that she got. She said she started inking up in college tap those shoulder stars i was like college hmm. that's where everybody gets that's inked. where they get you yep. yes if you're an athlete and you're going to be pro like oh if you're an athlete i don't know how you would get out of college without ink oh you're just talking about ink <laughs> i was talking about that's where they and then yeah someone a lifetime of international intrigue and uh yeah someone gets involved with you a and finger wag job you. slash sentence for uh some kind of fucking bullshit intelligence agency it's a fucking disaster. Don't go to school, kids. Gosh. Stay out of school. Fuck school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> School's for dipshits. No yeah. more school. I don't know, man. But I did watch uh, some of her sleeve getting done, and I just thought, oof. You know, I don't like needles. I was like, ooh, that looks so yeah. painful. Dude's like, you okay? Gertney's <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I'm okay. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't have any tattoos, so. I'm out of my element on that one. It hurts. It looks like it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like watching it. Some I people love are art, like, but oof. Some people are like, "Oh, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt." No, yeah, okay. it just fucking hurts. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those are my Gritney updates for today. You know, they, they, it did quiet down. It got loud because of the sentencing. Yeah. And me moving that close to my microphone, but now it's just like. Oh, yeah, we're we're negotiating. It's in the back channels, but they've. I think all the cards have been laid down of potentials. You can refer to the last bowl if you mm-hmm. want to hear them again. Yep. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's it's interesting to see what goes down. I agree. And uh, and you've been, by the way, keeping right on top of it the whole time. I don't want to commend you for that. Thanks. I because I've it. been kind of like in and out of it. Uh, and honestly, I've like kind of kick my feet up and let you take this day-to-day stuff, but I appreciate that you've done it because you've been kicking ass at it. Thanks. And uh, it's been an interesting discussion. Like, I never would have known this shit had you not kept at it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I knew uh, nothing about Russian military ops before. Because this. I will be on top of it this whole time. You know it. Promises made, promises kept. That's right. So nice job. Value for value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know... We talk about basketball privilege and don't fly overseas with weed and whatever. But also, just don't. Well, if you have to fly, that's too bad. I would say don't fly commercial. 
in general. Yeah. But especially not with weed if you're going to Texas. <laughs> no, no, because no. Because I saw this TMZ story, which is, like I said, where these stories would normally end up, a grinder getting picked up with a cartridge at an airport. Mm-hmm. Oh, ha, ha, a celebrity gets caught with weed in a place where they're not supposed to. TMZ is on the case. TMZ is not on the Grittany stuff. But TMZ did report that a former NBA player, Iman Shumpert, I'm probably <laughs> saying that name totally wrong, uh, but he was arrested at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport with 6.12 ounces of pot. Damn. Yeah. No basketball privilege getting him out. No. Uh, he could face two years in jail and potentially a $10,000 fine. Is he wrongfully detained yeah, in Texas? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, <laughs> if you're carrying around over a co-op, then people have harder questions for you to answer at uh, that point. TSA, man. TSA is a different yeah. story. Flying out of Texas is foolish. I, uh, and you know, you're at a close call when I was quite young. And I would know, like, fuck that. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I did it once enough to know I got, like, lucky as shit and I'll never do it again. Exactly. Like, it's like I learned my lesson when I was super young, you know, 19 or something. Like, fuck, fuck it. It'll be all right. Bro, it almost wasn't all right. Yeah. You're lucky. You got some guardian angels. Yeah, no shit. And this guy didn't. And now he doesn't get to see his daughter for her birthday and stuff because he's sitting behind bars waiting to find out what happens here. Yeah, a co-op is so fucking hard to hide. Six, over six ounces. Yeah, over six ounces. It's, it's getting up to HP territory, bros. <laughs> I can't be flying with a fucking ha- almost half pound. Yeah. Where are you going to put it? You know, people... Everyone's going to know by state, that dude has a bunch of weed. It's <laughs> so different, though. And, you know, he right. flew from L.A., to Dallas, Fort Worth. In California, it's like, oh, it's just weed. Yes. You know, it's whatever. No one thinks anything. You mm-hmm. could probably smoke a joint in front of the cops and laugh about it. I don't know. Yeah. But I only spent a little time, in, a very short amount of time in SoCal. You remember when uh, Ed Rosenthal was like bragging about he was, he's the one that strong armed them to stop, you know, even surging people in Oakland. Oh, yeah. At the airport when all that legalization rolled out over there. But. Texas. But Texas. That's a different state. <laughs> Come on. There. They barely got CBD stuff going. Yeah. And even if you get the feds to back down in Texas, then the fucking stateies are going to go, all right, out of the way, it's our turn. Yeah. So it's just, it's not, you know, federally illegal. Federally illegal. Still on the Controlled Substances Act. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to juxtapose all this, there was an interesting sort of paparazzi story that came out. I don't usually like talking about these things, but there were pictures taken <laughs> of Biden's daughter-in-law, Melissa Cohen, or mm-hmm. Hunter's wife, shopping at a dispensary in Malibu with her assigned Secret Service agent. <laughs> 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 and it's just, it was such a, you know, rules for thee. Oh, situation yeah, you know bro. and it got grosser as i started reading into it more because i was like why would i care that she's at a oh like with the gritney thing going on and you know it's just so gross all the people sitting in prison right now for a plant and then you got these folks out with their secret service agent you gotta love it pot. man and, no, if, uh, there weren't, if it weren't for double standards there'd be no standards at all in this case <laughs> um they just moved out of eight rented home right and it was <laughs> they were renting it for twenty thousand dollars a month oh my god and the street when they moved out 
immediately became a tent city, which it was before they moved in. But Secret Service rented the neighboring house for $30,000 a month and made sure that all those homeless people bummed off somewhere else. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, so it's the rules for the, in, in a bunch of different levels here. Yep. Yeah. I didn't realize that like all immediate family members got secret service protections. Crazy. Yeah. Forever. It's, the, it's such bad optics. Forever. It just looks so bad to have this lady just buying weed and like just laughing, just wandering around with her and her agent and. Then this whole Britney thing's going down. And Mark, Mark Fogel can't even get their wrongfully detained status. And now this NBA player in Texas behind bars. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. The Department of Justice asked a federal court to dismiss Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried's lawsuit. I don't know if it's Freed or Fried. Mm. Um, but I'm Fried, so I'm going to say Fried. <laughs> <laughs> so, of nice. course... She has asserted that the federal government is unlawfully depriving medical weed patients of their constitutional rights when it comes to getting firearms, you know, and carrying a firearm and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the DOJ, at, when asking for this case to be dismissed, has said that it's just too dangerous to trust regular marijuana users to exercise sound judgment with firearms. Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious, um, but I I hope it keeps going. I hope that it doesn't get dismissed. And today was their deadline to, you know, make a rebuttal, and so or yesterday, and that's when they sent in their letter too. Was yesterday, so hit the news desk today for me. <laughs> it's so governmenty. When's that deadline? Oh shit, it's today. Okay, let's get it in. Or <laughs> you write it, and you're like, let's wait to the deadline to send it in, so that this takes even longer. In Arkansas, we talked about the legalization initiative. They got double the signatures it needed. The Secretary of State came out, said it got enough signatures. Um, Well, the Board of Election Commissioners has declined certifying the initiative, even though it's been verified. Mm. Uh, This, of course, was Responsible Responsible Growth Arkansas, uh, which is being led by Eddie Armstrong, who's a former House Minority Leader, it's got no homegrown, no expungement, so it's a no-go for me, Ooh. you know. But I did think this was interesting that um, the Board of Election Commissioners needs to accept the ballot title and popular name before it could be placed on the November ballot, and they just voted not to do that. After discussing these concerns that they have, the voters won't understand the language related to issues like THC limits. You know, voters are dumb, so we can't put this on there because they don't know what they're voting for. Is kind of the gist I got from it, which is really gross. Uh, it doesn't help that the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, is a former DEA head who has said he thinks it's inevitable legalization will end up on the ballot. Um, and he's just pushing cops to campaign against it. So mm. gross. Uh, so there's only, you know, three months to go before election time. So the ar- the activists, <laughs> arctivists, because they're in Arkansas, behind the initiative did file a lawsuit last Thursday acu- accusing the election commissioner's board of thwarting the will of the people and their right to adopt laws by initiative and they also filed a motion for 
expedited consideration of this lawsuit. So, yeah, hopefully it gets to the Supreme Court quickly and, you know, gets to the ballot. Because that is just a, a gross play that I had not seen before on a way to keep legalization out of uh, the people's vote. Mm. You know, it's a new one. <laughs> a pot tax increase proposal has made the Denver ballot. Uh, Denver already has the highest recreational taxes in the state, though. With, looks like almost 26.5%. Oof. Yeah. That's way too high, man. Yeah. This uh, is being proposed by a group called My Spark Denver, which is, has nothing to do with weed. It's about out-of-school learning stipends. You know, they want to raise the taxes 4.5%, take it over 30% taxes on recreational weed, and then subsidize families in the Denver area like a thousand bucks each to send their kids to these learning enrichment programs. Doesn't really elaborate on what that means. Uh, but they would estimate that they could collect $22.5 million annually by doing this and serve 20,000 kids. But my favorite part of this is that 0.3% of the tax revenue would go right to this group that put it together. Oh, which is just nice. Gross. Just gross. Nice. You just shave off a little piece of the action for yourself. That that's the way to do it. Yeah. Like office space, you know? It's all just 0.3%. Their website talks just about it. That's all. How how big of a failure the public school is, you know? And they're like, this is why kids need to do things outside of school to learn. It's like, how about you just don't send your kids to school? Maybe they'll actually so, learn something. That's a move. It's a possible <laughs> but, move. There's good- better schools, man. Like, the problem is, it's e- yeah, it's easy to say, hey, you know, do it yourself. And that's the correct answer, by the way. But that is not going to be a vital option no. for everyone. Exactly. In the aggregate, in the overall. Like, if you can do that, you better fucking do it. Yeah. You have the ability, and more people can than think they can. But, having said that, some people truly can't. And, uh... yeah. You we know, need we options. Just better, but... We need better fucking schools that are incentivized properly. Yes. I mean, one thing that uh, our buddy Kirk, who's come to these NA meetings, uh, the KC meetups always says, is that part of the problem is it's property tax funded. And the that's the reason you have such disparity in the schools, because schools from neighborhoods with shitty properties and thus shitty property tax revenue mm. have shittier schools it's just a poor incentive mechanism yeah it just turns out poorer and then like just the poorer parts get poorer and it exacerbates everything <laughs> you know yeah yeah it just and needs- that's why the rich neighborhoods can afford to have all great schools right where they live because all those houses are there paying property taxes for there you know so gross so it's like for this for this public uh, system, it's it's just, it's fucked. It's never going to work. Yeah. Never going to work because you can't do the same shit everywhere. It well, needs to be worked out somehow else, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody should have the chance. If it's a public school, then you should be able to go to different ones. Yeah, the school choice. Some kind of school then- choice or voucher system. I mean, there's been yeah, kind the- of like bridges to a better thing, but I just don't think that's been silver bulleted yet. No. No, it's all bad. Uh I don't know. I would like to dismantle the Department of Education. Because I don't have a better answer doing it myself is the way, but... Yeah. I just wish that there was a better way for uh, more options, you know? Yeah, decentralized schooling. Mm Mm-hmm. 
well, I trust that Denver voters won't pass this and raise the taxes because I guess last year this same group had a proposal in which they were asking for a 5% increase on the mm-hmm. tax, and that didn't pass. So they dropped a half to half a percent, and they're trying again. Oh, unbelievable. In Connecticut, regulators are being sued by a company that was denied a cultivation license. And, of course, it's on the social equity decision. Yep. Uh, they said that the council judging applications didn't publish the criteria until after all the applications were submitted, and they misunderstood the ownership structure of this company, which prompted their rejection. Um, the state has come back and said, well, only one of the three owners qualifies for social equity, which means the other two could easily remove them and take control of it, which would just, you know, throw away the whole social equity component. <laughs> but this company has been paying rent, assuming they were going to get a license. And uh, I guess that they've thrown in $250,000 in rent. Good so, God. yeah, they're going to, you know, go down swinging. Go down swinging with a lawsuit. Makes sense. You're already, you're already in. <laughs> you're already effed. In for a dollar, in for a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Almost made my top three stories, but not quite. Missouri broke a monthly sales record because dispensaries sold more than $33 million worth of medical weed in July. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. All cash, baby. It's a great, it's a, you know, recession-proof industry. Yes. Weed. In New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill allowing medical patients under the age of 18 to have up to four designated caregivers. That wow. way they can get their medicine at all times. Nice. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a step in the right direction. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's exactly what the fuck it is. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Then in New Mexico, health insurers in a medical lawsuit want their case heard in front of a federal judge in federal court. Of course, you know. Of course. Uh, So this was the lawsuit. We've talked about it on the bowl before. It was filed mid-June by six medical patients and New Mexico Top Organics Ultra Health, a dispensary, uh, which argued that medical weed is a prescription and thus should be paid for by health insurers in the state under a law that went into effect in January um, for cost sharing when it comes to behavioral health medicine. It says that insurers should cover 100% of those services, including prescribed treatment when it comes to behavioral health. And PTSD is a qualifying condition under that. And it looks like a majority of patients in New Mexico qualify for PTSD as the, one of their qualifying conditions. So they should get their, you know, medical weed covered by the insurers like Blue Cross Blue Shield, True Health, Cigna Health, Molina, Presbyterian, and Western Sky Community Care. Um, you know, the insurers don't want to pay that, all that money, <laughs> if they don't have to. Of course. So uh, they filed a notice of removal last week. And they said that most of these patients have health insurance coverage under plans that are governed at a federal level. And since this is a, you know, that makes it a federal matter, so we should go to federal court. And oh, it's federally illegal, so this is never going to happen. We're never going to pay for it. Um, But, you know, the original lawsuit was filed regarding a state law, so to move it to federal court, kind of shitty. No doubt. 
and uh, would kind of thwart the whole case. So there's a hearing tentatively scheduled for September on where the case will move forward. So we shall see. That's, uh, I mean, really, that kind of de- <laughs> determines the fate if it's staying in state court or federal court. Uh, Athens, Clark County, Georgia, their commission eliminated jail time and set a $35 fine for pot possession. Under an ounce, of course. Mm-hmm. If you're over an ounce, it's still a felony. Um, so, it's a know. fine line there, Walk. Yeah, that thirty-five bucks goes from thirty-five bucks to a felony at a certain amount of. Isn't grand. that lovely? Yeah, it's so fun. It looks like the the max penalty in Georgia though is one year in prison or a one thousand dollar fine. Oh, is that all? That's all. Yeah, you can be wrongfully detained for a year and a felony. And have on a your felony record. record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The You're costs of that are never stated, but no. are great Definitely. and lasting. Uh, you want to know where that money goes? That they steal from you? Where do they put it? Uh, Into the county law library, the sheriff's retirement fund, and the peace officer's annuity and benefit fund. Who are you? Huh? Some third-class mooch? Who are you? Yeah, total fucking mooches. And my last story for the bowl tonight is that San Marcos and Harker Heights, Texas city councils have decided to place decriminalization initiatives on the November ballot. So there you go. More places in Texas trying to go decrim. More weed to vote for. Yep. Those are always the fun ones to pass. Yeah. Because they all pass. Once you get it on the ballot, your work is done. Oh, yeah, with weed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem when you get the bad laws, though, or the bad initiatives with, like, no homegrown, no expungements, you know? Right. Ooh, don't, don't put it on the ballot. People will vote for that piece of shit. They just see weed. Uh. Yes. That's, that's sound advice. Speaking of sound, we got another metal moment from the Rev. Did you know that? Yeah, I expected it. We've got one right here. Uh, every week, the the Rev brings us the metal moment. Uh, no matter where he's at in this great country, hauling stuff around, finds time, pull over and record us one. And here's this week's. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Now, when most people hear the words Hank Williams, they're thinking about Hank Sr. Or possibly... Hank Jr. Money to burn and the girls are pretty. Didn't take me long to learn that I was born to boogie. And I can forgive you for not knowing about Hank the Third. The son of Hank Williams Jr. I can't. Hank the Third has been mixing different genres of music for quite a while now, probably influenced by his dad's friend, Kid Rock. So it's really no surprise to find out that he does a little bit of metal too. From the 2014 album Ramblin' Man, which was released without Hank's approval, this is Runnin' and Gunnin'.
Hank 3 action. I yeah. take it. Hell yeah. Well, if you don't know who Hank 3 is, Rev Cybertrucker will forgive you. But uh, Sir Spencer has some questions, some hard <laughs> questions. Um, thanks, Rev. You can follow the Rev at Rev Cybertrucker at noagendasocial.com. Yeah, and go to RevCybertrucker.com also. Check out RevCybertrucker.com, yeah, for a little more. So, uh, another thing that we like to do is talk to our bowlers about the first time they ever did a particular thing. We're coming up with new ones every week. It's a fantastic game we play. And uh, this week we're talking about the first time you ever were in a tournament. And uh, I wonder what we have waiting for us in our bowl box today. Uh, let's see. First time I was in a tournament. Well, back in the day before I met my wife, I started playing a particularly new game called Magic the Gathering. Oh shit. And I started collecting the cards and I got really good at it and people kept telling me I should enter into a tournament or something somewhere. So after my wife and I started dating, we decided to go out and join at what's called a no whiners tournament. That means there's no fucking rules. You follow the basic rules of the game, but there are no rules on how many cards of what particular type you can have or how many copies of a card you get. There were it was no whiners. Ooh. And if you whined, you got thrown out of the event. <laughs> so I sit down, and I get uh, paired up with my first opponent. And I went first, took my turn, put my cards down, uh, put my mana down, and then gave him the turn. So he throws down a card, which allowed him to throw out a whole bunch of cards that gave him a shit ton of mana, and he killed me on the first turn yeah. with a drain life. Yeah. Now, in this No Winers tournament, you had to do what was called ante. Your opponent would draw one card out of your entire deck, and if you lost the game, your opponent won the card. Well, my opponent managed to draw a drain life out of my deck. So Big he has me sign the card after he wins, and then he puts it in his deck. Now, we go through the second game. He goes first, motherfucker does the exact same thing, and kills me with my own drain life. Oh, no. In the bowl and in the morning, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl, man. Yeah, those combo damage stack <laughs> decks, uh, I've seen those go off at a, uh, at a tournament before. They always feel so dirty. <laughs> when somebody, like, turn one or turn two, 20 hits you, it's like, what the fuck? I was going to get something going, man. At least by turn four. Oh, no. Yeah, I did a, I did a MTG tournament. Maybe that's a good F-tie. First time you ever played Magic. Magic to Gatawing. Was that your first tournament? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've been in some tournaments before that, but I did do a tourney one time. I did do a tourney. Ran my uh, Yin Yang Knights, I called them. Yeah. It's like uh, 
white knights with a splash black, you go Hakon Dragon Scourge to bring undead knights out of your graveyard into your into the field of play, and then you got knights that are indestructible and they're just wrecking shit. You got knights that are double strike life gain, and then you just shit shoots up. It's fantastic. It's my favorite tribal is knights, so Yin Yang Knights. I didn't really give a fuck about playing anything else. You know, in the meta <laughs> it it it's like as time goes on and new sets released and bullshit gets popular, you know, you gotta change your deck to really survive. But I didn't give a fuck. Like if you do tribals, like they're always gonna at least be able to contend. And so I won a few couple matches. Nice. But uh that was not my first tournament, no. Uh my first tournament that I was ever in was a family cribbage tournament. Oh. Because <laughs> we do that every Thanksgiving or Christmas. It was like whichever one the most people were at, you know, or planned to be at or whatever. We'd do one at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Sometimes both, but you'd just have a dollar entry and then the winner would get most and then the second place would get, you know, a smaller portion of that. Usually it was like 10 to, 10 to 16 people in the tournament. So, yeah, we always did a cribbage tournament. Single elimination, up the bracket. You never want to get paired in Grandpa's bracket. You know, <laughs> he'd just knock you out and be over for you. Yeah. Grandpa with the heart of the cards. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know who else has a heart? But not of cards. This next caller. Oh, boy. It's not Monday. It's uh, uh, oh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Because Tuesday. Uh, y'all be token and, and whatnot. You know, and uh, yeah. I talk with Jesse. Well, so you know, that's just like... Anyway, first turn of my... Uh, I was in is but never because sports are boring. And oh. uh, even as a kid, I never really wanted to play sports, organized or whatnot. And my parents, my parents didn't play sports, so they never got us into sports. And yeah, I just find it all dull. But uh, I mean, I get why people are in it and valuable lessons and whatnot. But uh, yeah, and uh, wasn't it cool. Never learned how to play chess, so you know, couldn't do the chess tournament. You know. Obviously, that was all. Uh, I wish I would have learned more chess. But, uh, yeah. I did do uh, some martial art here for a couple years, and uh, I think I was like high school-ish or something, did it for a couple years. But I never got in the tournament portion because just uh, time and money even then was just kind of like, you know, it's going to be your weekends and you're going to be here a lot and whatnot and and, uh, had other stuff going on. So, anyway, so the answer is never. Uh, Never. But, uh Kind of curious what uh, what people are going to have outside of like uh, outside of sports, all the weird weird things or ah, yeah and whatnot uh, that, that, that they might have. You know, I don't know, but uh, yeah. So so far, I know, been my any sports and, uh, that or the wife used to play soccer and she had soccer tournaments and and whatnot. Yeah. So, anyway, well, I'll be rambling. So, name <laughs> Delorean and uh, Sir Spencer. Y'all have fun now. Love you guys. Watering uh, some stuff out in the out in the yard splish right now. Splash. So anything. That's, love you too, Chris. Water going back and forth. So uh, anyway, all right. Love you guys. That dangerous. Love you. Still dangerous over here, my brother. Yeah. Yeah, we have the sports. The sports thing is. Uh, uh, imagine that. I too was. For the nerdy bowlers, we've talked never. about. <laughs> Never in a sports tournament. A card game, and we've talked about <laughs> another card game <laughs> for our oh. tournaments. Magic the Gathering and Quibbage. Yeah. Mine is 
also not sports. I really racked my brains on this one. I <laughs> I feel like I showed up to what I th- I think they had like pre qualifiers or something for a Yu Gi Oh card tournament. I really mm-hmm. wanted to do that, and I just got spanked. I don't remember anything about it. Like. I only played for fun with some friends, you know, like I was not, I think there are rules I didn't even know. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Somebody never mind. Like, to pre-qualify for the Yu-Gi-Oh tournament on next Thursday, I have to battle a girl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I really, I tried to think all day about it, like my deck and everything. I can't remember anything. It's like blacked out of my memory. That's but funny. The next tournament that I do remember um, was at the Family Values Tour, which was like a rock and roll concert up in my area that my favorite band came to America to play in. And there was a Guitar Hero setup, and they were doing a Guitar Hero tournament. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I fucks with Guitar Hero. I'll, you know, try for fun. But you know me, like, if it's like... I just go like from zero to 10, like really quickly and get really competitive. And so it's like they started off the first round. They had like 30 people and whatever. And I got a pretty fucking high score. I nailed it really. And uh, anyways, next thing I know, it's been like half a day and I'm still there. And I got to the final two. It was me and this like 30 year old guy. I was like 12 nice. or 13. <laughs> and so they were Guitar Hero 2 hadn't been released yet. So they were like, this is a song that's off of the new game, so you guys haven't had time to practice or whatever. I didn't even know this song. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, God. I'm like getting, you know, sweating. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I just fucking barely pulled off a win, dude. Like, I was just a few points higher than this guy on nice. it. Nice. And I was like, wow. What did I get? I got a t-shirt, a Guitar Hero t-shirt, and then I got to meet some of the developers, and one of the guys was like, yeah, I'm I'm the guy with the green mohawk. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> that's an avatar you created. You look nothing like that guy. I'm the guy that's with the, the green mohawk. That's the character I always choose to play with, and that is not what you look like. So. <laughs> never uh, meet your heroes, Lorian. No, never meet. I learned at a young age. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, if I took all the time that I spent playing Guitar Hero and I actually played guitar, uh, I would be pretty talented. <laughs> but here we are, alas. Uh, what are you going to do? Alas. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, no sports yet. No sports yet, but we have this next caller who might bring a ding it. You never know. Uh, first time I was ever in a tournament. I guess we got to get that out of the way. Is it uh, tournament? Right. Tournament? Tournament. Tor- I said it really funny. You know, if you're uh, East Coast, it's tournament. Tournament. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I got to take the car down to the tournament. <laughs> and, uh, the tourney, bro. I guess everybody else is tournament. Tourney time. <laughs> so, tournament sounds better, probably. Closer to the, like proper English. Now you got me saying tournament. Like, tour and it's not tur- what a what like tournament like everybody tournament says that they're uh, like swinnamon. It's not on the East Coast, I guess. Tournament. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first time I was ever in a tournament or tournament. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know. Uh, he was like stalling to remember, and he's uh, still didn't remember. Basketball tournaments. Uh, there we go. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I shouldn't say quite a bit. I paid them for about four or five years. Uh, when I was older, too, I think, I don't know if I had gra- graduated college by then. Maybe I got, or graduated, uh, excuse me, high school. Because um, I know I played them into my 20s a little bit. Uh, they started getting a little bit crazy. There was uh, just shit happening at them uh, and stopped. Stop doing them. Uh, probably should have kept up doing something like that because it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's fun to compete. Uh, I'm not the greatest at that. I can dribble. <laughs> I'm a light boy dribbling. So uh, dribbling is important. Yeah. You do so the spider drill. Pass. God, I love doing that fucking spider. <laughs> but my drill. shots, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't. It seems like when I'm under like duress, I hit everything. But if I'm too laid back, I'm like sloppy. So, uh, yeah. I think that's got to be the first tournament I was ever in. Nice. In the bowl! In the bowl! In the bowl! Nitnitarooney. Yeah, there you go. There's your sports. Yeah. Basketball. You ever do the spider drill, Nitnit? You say you got white boy dribbling, but I love dribbling. I love, uh, I was usually like, I played guard. And, uh, we do the spider dribble. You keep the ball between your feet, like between your legs, and you kind of squat, because you got to be squatted down to do this. And you just quickly, it's like a four-point dribble, where you're dribbling the ball first with your right and then your left hand from behind your back, like under your ass. And then you come up front and do right and left and hit it again. So you're just going ping, 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 ping. And you're, you know, it's a dribbling mechanism, because you got to dribble the ball real low and fast in order to pull that off. And then you also... Uh, got to hit it just right. You got to be dribbling it from a different angle, just in sequence. That was always my favorite drill, the fucking spider drill. Dude, you look like right in that perfect borderline between a cool kid and a total spaz. You're like, you're just riding that line. Like, wow, he's a spaz, but he can do it. You know, <laughs> kind of like if you ever see a guy juggling in the park. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like that. Fucking spider drill, bro. It's the oh, best wow. part. Oh, Whoa. Jesus. Oh, they spidered my drill right in my head. Oh me, oh my! Sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> that was a, that was a forty-four sixty-nine boost from Fletcher saying, "There's smoke in that bowl." Oh, hell yeah, there is. Thank you, sir. Hell yeah, there is. I remember uh, chest passes and bump passes from my oh, basketball yeah. in phys ed days. Chest pass and bump pass. You mean bounce pass? Bounce pass, bounce. The pass, bounce yeah. pass is pretty slick. Yeah, I liked that. If you can pull off a real good one, bounce pass all the way. Uh, this next caller bounced past a voicemail to us. I haven't really been in too many tournaments. Uh, it's just not something I ever really gravitated towards. I'd never done a tournament. I'd do one. I've never been in any uh, Magic the Gathering, no Pokemon, no Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, I did play those games, but never in the leagues. or No sports like ball or Pokemon? Is, uh, Battle of the Douchebags. And, uh, <laughs> I just, you know... I always feel like I'm coming in strong with a real douchey contender, but it's just never enough. Is it me? Is it me that's failing here? Because there's certainly, like, brought some pretty douchey douchebags, but uh, I guess I just, I can't out-douche the best of them. You're getting out, yeah. So, maybe soon, maybe soon. I got high hopes still. I'm, I'm hanging out there. Uh, 
Now, while it wasn't a tournament specifically, I do remember a very, very long and drunken night of just sitting there uh, spanning match after match of Soul Calibur Four. Ooh. Now, for any of you out there that are fighting game aficionados, you would know that Soul Calibur Four is like triple F tier of a of a fighting game. It is oh my god, it's so good. And uh me and my buddy Godwin <laughs> we would sit there and get a handle of Jack Daniels and you know <laughs> bust out or uh you know, finish off the whiskey overnight and play Soul Caliber and <sighs> we were I don't know, had to be over over a dozen matches deep, I'm just getting wailed on. It's not looking good. It's twelve and zero. Uh, my Oof. buddy, he's gloating. He's you know living the the time of his life, and uh, I get a second wind and I start making a comeback. And then next thing you know, it's it's twenty four and twelve. Now I'm the one who's doing the gloating. Ha 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 I'm walking around and like pointing down at him and laughing at him. Uh, we used to do the nut tap game all the time at oh, work. No. So he reached up and slapped me in the nut. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I messed up. That's not true. I was across the room gloating at him. He was across the other side of the room. He picked up a big foldable knife, one of those Columbia River knife and tools. Oh, Jesus. And chucked it across the room and clocked me square in the dick. <laughs> I mean, just like, boom. Knife. Flames on the ground. Knife to the dick. I'm sitting there holding myself, laughing, crying, trying not to simultaneously poop and vomit. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he he very warily comes over to to check in on me because he's laughing his ass off too. And uh, as he's getting closer, he's cupping himself to because. Oh, (laughs) what a cliffhanger, Booples! Holy moly! I've got to get to the next part right away. So he was cuffing himself, knowing that he yeah. had retribution due. And uh, as he's standing over me, laughing and pointing, holding himself with one hand, I just, as hard as I can, as hard as I possibly can muster at this point, while on the ground, just smack the fuck out of his hand that's cuffing his balls. I mean, just like, bam! <laughs> Next thing you know, he's dropped down on the floor, holding himself on his knees beside me. My uh, his roommate comes down, and is wondering what all the ruckus is about, and there's two drunk dudes on their knees on the floor, cupping themselves, crying. <laughs> Just another Saturday. <laughs> it's good times, uh, but no. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm not much of a tourney guy in the bowl. In the in bowl. The bowl. Attorney guy, great one. <laughs> Written down. Uh, getting some two worders tonight. Oh, nice. Retribution the- do, but do was in there. Ooh. I kind of like that. <laughs> kind of like that too. That's some good to choose from. Ooh, we had a uh, we had a callback caller. Uh, I think I was incorrect. Uh, Correction issued. The first kind of like tournament that I was ever in, which was triggered by. Uh, Spencer talking about cribbage uh-huh. it was uh, a euchre tournament. Euchre, like, yeah. Uh, amongst family, uh, it usually was either a family reunion on that side or uh, like a holiday get together. And it was typically like each male 
because it was only a male thing. Oh, uh, cause, that's racist. You know, you get on there and thump your chest or whatever. Okay. But uh, if you don't know Euchre, look it up, whatever. Get to the fucking Midwest, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Euchre's around, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so your dad, my dad would put up like $5 for me because everybody Wait, my dad or your $5 dad? and it was like a tournament to see who won, uh, what team of two people won the whole pot. Uh, yeah. Quite competitive, and I have uh, an uncle who, uh, he passed, I think, last year. Uh, most, uh, pretty much everybody on my dad's side was pretty cool, but very competitive, uh, very smart-ass. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably where I get it most of my smart-ass from. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, the one uncle, the oldest brother in that family, would remember every hand that you played the entire night. So uh, he used to irritate the fuck out of my dad. Uh, I just thought it was amazing. Like, how did he do that? Uh, but yeah, he'd remember every single card that you played all the entire night. So, well, yeah. Rain Man cousin, times, huh? So, with uh, when you won against him, especially. It was uh, quite rewarding. You'd, uh, yeah, you'd turn into that asshole, rub it in his face. But, uh, yeah, he was a great guy. And he was a Hank. Like yeah. Hank the Third. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hank the Third. Man, Hank the Third doesn't give enough love, bro. That's true. I don't understand it. It's all good shit. And there's some songs that you're like, well, okay. Which is true for that's all everyone. three Hanks. Yeah, that's, they a, all, that's the Hanks. That's all everyone. three fucking Hanks got some songs where it's like, all right, well, that was also on the album, you know? Like, <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not like the ones that I like remember and stick with me. But yeah, like, Hank has some great, Hank 3 has some great stuff too. And he's got that family voice. You can hear, like, his dad and his grandpa in his voice. Like, just as much of a legend. I don't. I don't understand why he gets written off out of the three. Makes no sense at all. No sense. It's like oh, because the people who came before him like are saying he's not legitimate because of these different things. Like it's the same cycle. Like Hank too went through the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe his time is yet to eh, come. Whatever, man. Hey, would well, check the text line. Hank three is great in my book. Texter, or texter says my first real tournament. Was at PAX West for a puzzle game called Lumines. Whoa. I happened to have the game loaded on my homebrew hacked PSP's SD card. Very late. Uh, PSP, that's how you looked at titties in school for the first time. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> in, in history. Uh, and, and, except for maybe Computer Lab if you were ballsy, but no. PSP, you could finally search Google Images for boobs. Um, he had it on his. Hacked PSP's SD card. He was a big fan of the game, but the rules were obscure. They didn't specify whether it was time attack or versus. There were so few competitors, four, that somehow I only ever went against one guy. We agreed to do one of each mode. He barely beat me in versus, but I absolutely crushed him in time attack, so he let me have the third place medal. Still no idea how those tournament brackets worked. I guess they were pressed for time. I still kind of feel guilty about it. About it. Sorry, Lumines guy. Confessions of Servo. Wow. Thanks, Servo. R.I.P. Lumines guy. You can't go <laughs> up. To, guy. You can't go up against the uh, 
homebrew hacked PSP kid, having kid, man. He's gonna whip you. He's gonna whip you good. In time attack, you have no chance. Obliterated. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bullers, for sharing your stories. Uh, next week's first time I ever. Of course, has yet to come. To I was fruition. gonna say it's TBD. Man, I always forget which one it's on. I got so much. You know, I, I keep a lot of notes. A guy's got to keep a lot of notes around. Here. Uh, let's see. First time I ever got fired. Uh, first time I ever saw a drag show. First time I ever found a dead animal. Uh, first time I ever called in and left a first time I ever. That's funny. First time I ever fucked my roommate. Went to the DMV. Changed jobs. Uh, moved out of hometown. Yeah. And, uh,. I literally thought, oh yeah, but I played uh, Magic played the Gathering. Magic the uh, Gathering. I'm going to have that, but that can be for another time. Yeah. It just goes on the list. What do you think? Wait. I like moved out of hometown. Moved out of my, first time I ever moved out of my hometown. Oh, and C-Dubs has a contribution. Oh, yes. First time I ever regretted something. Ooh, first time I ever regretted something. Controversial. But first I like, our hearts. let's yeah, get we'll hometown that, off the list. We'll add that to the list and, and get yeah, hometown that's off. Right. First time I ever regretted something. Ooh, boy. Baby. Ooh, baby, baby. Baby, baby. Okay. There you have it. Yes. Call uh, 816-607-3663. Tell us. First time. You ever moved out of your hometown? <laughs> first time you ever moved out of your hometown. Were Thank you looking you. for it? <laughs> I was looking for it. I was hoping you would have my back, and I'm glad that you did. That was flawless. Yes. And, uh, of course, leaves us with only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. So there was a 12-year-old girl in Alabama who was kidnapped. And then she was tied to these bedposts, beaten over the head, and forced to drink alcohol to stay in, like, a drug state. Oh, my God. For about a week. But she managed to chew out of her restraints, escape, and lead the investigators back to the house where there were two decomposed bodies they discovered, and they got to arrest the guy. Solid. And by guy, I mean absolute creep. No doubt. Yeah. And, like, what a badass this little girl is. Yeah, no shit. Yes. Yeah, someone saw her walking alone down the road all uh, (laughs) disheveled, I'm guessing. Um, She broke her braces by chewing off the restraints. Damn. And, I mean, you know, a week of being... Tied up and stuff. You got these marks all over you, I'm sure. Beaten over the head. Oh, she's got a lot of healing to do, but sounds like a very strong person. I'm sure she will make a full recovery and be a badass motherfucker in the future. Yeah. She already is. Already is. Correct. So, yeah, this 37-year-old guy is facing three counts of capital murder, two counts of abuse of a corpse, and first-degree kidnapping. So... Uh, the girl has been appointed an attorney, and last time I checked was with the Alabama Department of Human Resources, <clears throat> which doesn't sound good, but, you know. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but she's alive. That's awesome. It was a, She made it. it was she like, ended the cycle of depravity. Yeah, got the sicko. Crazy. Yeah, she's just going to stay off the SSRIs, like C-Dub said in the chat. Yes. Which, you know, you're in the Department of HR. It's going to be tough. In 12. Strong mind, strong will, you know? Definitely. To thyself be true. Uh, Mississippi cat stopped a burglar from entering a home this week. 
was a weird one. Hear about guard dogs, not often guard cats. This was a calico, coincidentally named Bandit, who weighs 20 pounds. Oh, that's a big, big kitty. That's bigger than all three of my dogs. Not combined, but my biggest dog is 19 and a half pounds, something like that. That's a big cat. (laughs) Uh, And this guy adopted her. I'm guessing it's like a female cat. Shouldn't guess, but uh, the cat adopted the cat four years ago. (laughs) Fat cat (laughs) sat on a rat. Oh, yeah. You know, you remember that? <laughs> uh, see what kids think. Um, yeah. So the owner adopted this cat four years ago from the shelter. And I'm guessing he's glad he did because it was like 2.30 a.m. And the cat started meowing, meowing, meowing from the kitchen. Uh, raced up to his bedroom, jumped on the bed, and clawed the comforter off of him. And then started like clawing at his arms. He was like, oh, what the heck is going on? You know, the cat doesn't act like this. And he looked out the back window and there were two men on the back porch, one with a gun in his hand and one with a crowbar. So he was able to go get his gun and get ready to have an altercation. But something scared the two guys away and he's guessing it was the cat making a racket. Mm. So uh, and and he was proud to say in this article that he did not call the police. <laughs> but nice, yeah, yeah, something you gotta have, you gotta have something that's gonna be aware at uh two thirty three in the morning. I called the police. If it's not you, uh, yeah, uh, he uh, that would not have been a fun situation. <laughs> no, not at uh. all. A Florida woman. Drove a golf cart on the highway with an open bottle of Jack Daniels this week. Nice. Yeah, 58-year-old. She was arrested Saturday night on I-95, Florida's busiest highway. Which, of course, (laughs) stretches up and down the East Coast. Solid. She's facing misdemeanor charges of disorderly intoxication in a public place and resisting an officer without violence. Ah, uh, where's criminal mischief, man? <laughs> I know that's the one we want. Get get some criminal mischief in there. Yeah, it's just a fun one to catch. Guess she was driving the golf cart in the center lane, like the middle lane. So a, oh, a truck no. driver called her in, uh, and ended up like pushing her off gently to the shoulder of the road, getting out of his truck and taking the keys away from her while waiting for the cops to get there. So, truck driver stopped Florida woman. And then they got there and they found this open bottle of Jack Daniels fire whiskey in her bag. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops, indeed. That'll do it. I mean, driving the golf cart on the highway was already probably a bad move, but you got that open bottle in there and now you're just done for. Kind of like this fire station in Nevada, which was forced to close after becoming infested with bats. It's the second time in seven years that the bats have infested the place and uh, forced again. them to close. Yeah, they're just flying around the living areas and pooping all over the place, I guess. So, yeah, health concerns there. Sure. It's so, like rats with wings. Yeah. More like mice. They're very tiny. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. But anyways, the firefighters and rescue workers have been relocated until the bats are uh, taken care of. Hopefully the bats get relocated too and don't just all die. Whatever. 
It sounded like there were a lot of dead bats all over the oh place God, from the article. I can only so imagine, bro. Uh, dead bats all over. Yeah. It's gonna be coronavirus all over again. <laughs> Get the bats out of there, man. Yeah, I love bats though. Oh, but geez. yeah, not if they're infesting a place of mine mm. where I'm supposed to live. Uh, make a little bat house outside for them. Come on. It's batty. A Utah man was arrested after stealing an excavator and digging up a grocery store parking lot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He hopped into the run. It, someone left the machine running sure. at a construction site. And so he hopped in and uh, drove it about a mile away to this grocery store in Salt Lake City. Not a normal shop, but a grocery store. Good. <laughs> and uh, Don't people, get me started. <laughs> people kind of watched him for a while and then decided to call the cops because he was just digging up this grass strip in the sidewalk outside of the store. Um, and then he tried to leave. And witnesses grabbed him and were like, oh, no, bud, you're going to stay here until the cops get here. And there were no injuries and he didn't crash in anything. But I guess he hit a water pipe and ripped out some fiber optics utility lines that they had just installed. So that sucks. Sucks to suck. It does suck, man. Yeah. Should have got him safety trained on the thing. Oh, didn't have any never would have happened. <laughs> Florida man one-upped him, though. Uh-oh. Because Florida man took a joyride on a piece of construction equipment and left a path of destruction. It's the only real path to leave if you're going to leave one is one of destruction, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Florida man decided to take said equipment to the beach two and a half miles away, driving it down sidewalks and uh, running over fire hydrants. Fiber nodes, resident mailboxes, and breaking the sidewalk along the way with, uh, I guess he caused more than $10,000 in damages. That's that's just too much money. Yeah. I see you, Utah man, and I raise you, Florida man. (laughs) Sunken jewels and buried treasure was uncovered in the Bahamas this week from a 17th century Spanish shipwreck. Actually, I don't think it was all uncovered this week. It just went on to display this Saturday, which is cool. You can go see it. Totally. Um, This was from Our Lady of Wonders, a two-deck Spanish galleon, which sank on January 4th, 1656, Mm. during a trip to Seville from Cuba, carrying treasures of royal tax and private property. It collided with its fleet flagship, whoops, and then struck a reef, which is what caused it to sink. So the remains have been scattered for miles, and I guess no one's just been able to tap into it. Uh, of the 650 passengers, only 45 survived. Damn. So that was, a, That's was quite pretty, the wreckage. Pretty terrible shipwreck there, yeah. Yeah. So this group, Allen Exploration, went ahead and got permission from the government of the Bahamas to search the area with high-resolution magnetometers, their enhanced GPS, I don't exactly know what that means, and, of course, metal detectors. Um, and what they have pulled up was 3,000 silver coins, 25 gold coins, cannons, big chunks of amethyst and emerald, a silver sword handle, some Spanish olive jars, Chinese porcelain, iron rigging, and four pendants that were worn 
by members of the Order of Santiago, along with three gold chains, which were very intricately designed and pretty freaking cool to look at. Nice. Um, so they have their own museum, the Allen Exploration Bahamas Maritime Museum, and the exhibit storing all of these treasures opened this past Saturday. And now they're working on creating an underwater under underwater archaeology program for kids because they said that this shipwreck is like a playground and it's wide open and like pretty safe to move through. So they want to teach kids how to treasure hunt underwater. Hell yeah. I was like, man, I would send my kids to do that. I'm That's down, very I'm down cool. For that. You get yeah. to the bottom of the ocean and, and you're like, uh, that's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah. They said the deepest part's like 50 feet deep, but that the treasures were like 20 feet under the sand. Dang. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, this story I could not get out of my mind. An airline passenger was fined $1,800 for bringing undeclared McMuffins into Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That is way too much for, to pay for a McMuffin, I can tell you that. That's just too much money. <laughs> yeah, they uh, flew in from Indonesia to Australia with two egg and beef sausage McMuffins. Beef sausage? <laughs> That's yeah. what it says. Beef sausage. And uh, a ham croissant in their backpack. And they were fined for bringing undeclared meat into the country. Oh. Because... A detector dog tipped off agents in the airport. Dogs are such snitches, bro. Just shut up, dog. I know, right? Yeah, and then they talk about how they've just hired all these new dogs and yada yada. But um, they're trying to... Oh! Jesus Christ. I thought I'd fix that problem. They're testing the food for foot and mouth disease. And then they're destroying it. I, it's just... They seem pretty scared of foot and mouth disease there. Yeah, I guess so. That yeah. seems a little bit hyper vigilant to me. But also, I mean, declaring your meat. I mean, do we have to declare all of our meat or declare these nuts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, before we have any problems, I need to put my meat on the table so that we can declare it. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know. A... I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Abel know Kirby either. shocked us all with a McMuffin boost. Declare those muffins. <laughs> And, of course, he would trigger a boost that proves his point. Uh, yeah, there's got to be a it. custom boost uh, sound setting. I Probably what I should do, actually, if I was smart, what I would do is edit the actual base file and export a slightly quieter file, just in general. That'd be smart, right? I guess. Think about it. Analyze, Analyze it. Analyze it, yeah. Well, thanks, Abel Kirby. A stolen dog stolen four and a half years ago, was found 600 miles away from home. And obviously been reunited with its family. Very nice. Yeah, it was a German shepherd stolen in Texas, found further away in Texas, uh, named Sheba. And the dog was stolen as part of a ring of thefts that went down in two months in their area where five dogs were stolen. Damn. And, uh... Yeah, the security foot. The family had security footage of this pickup truck pulling up, and the dog. <laughs> this guy gets out and just calls over the dog. The dog just gets in the truck with him, rides off, never to be seen again for four and a half years. That was fucking easy. But apparently, the uh, 
dog must have, you know, escaped wherever it's living now. And mm-hmm. then someone picked him up and checked the microchip and was like, wow, you're a long way from home, bud. Got nice. him back. Yeah, that was a nice story. Yeah, good return. Yeah, I love dogs, but oh, sometimes they're not the brightest bulbs. No. And my final story tonight is that an Arctic wolf is on the loose in Ontario. Fuck yeah. Yeah, she's an all-white female named Boo. And uh, she had just been rescued, but decided to dig out of her enclosure and is uh, on the run. So, you know, the usual reminders of people, don't approach a wolf. They'll just run away, most right. likely. And uh, <laughs> the police have said, you know, call us or the SPCA. I don't think I would call the cops on a wolf, you know? I just wouldn't feel good about that. Oh, oh. How about a volume control genius? What in the hell is a volume control? Do you have one of those? I got a few. I need to borrow one from Abel Kirby. <laughs> got an extra lying around. Flat out of volume controls. Well, with no control over any volume, we still deliver another bowl in the books. Just to wrap up your Tuesday night, we are going to be back at it this Thursday. Balls with Buds. It's been a minute. Fletcher and Carolyn joining Woo! us in the bowl. Yeah. Won't be wanting to miss that. That'll be some classic bowl or uni shenanigans. So tune in, 8 p.m. Central, hour earlier than usual. And of course, we'll be uh, back this, uh, next and every Tuesday. For more bowlage. Till then, I'm going to be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'll be DeLorean. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Dance and move your legs around. What? What? Dance and move your legs around. That's why his body fell apart. A lot of twisty and kicky stuff. It's just weird they talk to Chuck's anyway. There's all kinds of weird shit. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl Bowl after bowl.com.